Happy birthday, Fresno! Everybody in the chat, say happy birthday to Fresno. Happy birthday, Fresno. There you go. Happy birthday, Fresno. Your, your own personal birthday shout-out. Right here. From your mm. pro, from your pals at the SoxCast, who think you're kind of a dick, <laughs> to you, who is kind of a dick. But in a good way, in a good way. Wieners, right? Remember the joke, Wieners? <laughs> I don't Did think you Fresno's that tweet Fresno made. There's no wrong way to There's take a no wiener. There's no wrong way to take a wiener. You know, I should probably do that. Yeah. Right. You. I just, I just did it on my own, huh? Because I'm just an idiot. There you go. There you go. That way I can retweet it. There you go. You go retweet that, John Thayer. It's right there. Boom. I kicked that shit hard. I kicked out them jams. Tasty. John retweeted it before I did because I hit like first. Oh, see, like I think that's more important. Like Rhett, Rhett is clearly engaged and ready for the foreplay with regards to tweets. Like he will like it first. He'll like it first, (laughs) then he'll retweet it. Like that's kind. (laughs) Rhett is my kind of lover. Like he's gonna, he's gonna like me before he retweets me. He just goes right, dive right in. (laughs) I've I notice sometimes. Just gets my tongue all over that retweet. I notice when people like like a tweet, and then like half an hour later. They retweet it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh they, yeah, they I reconsidered and we're like, yeah. Like this is. Funny. <laughs> these anime titties are worth sharing with all of my no, pals. It's usually like a bad joke or something. Mm. I wouldn't know what bad jokes are. I only tell good ones. <laughs> you only tell. Oh, Polly, you had some. You had some. <laughs> like me and certain good ones. <laughs> Let's just read Polly puns on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Auditions. I'm very proud of the auditions one. That one was very good. <laughs> People actually come out to listen to this shit. Can you believe that? Hi, everyone. Hey. Thank you. Hey. Y'all are absolutely I'm beautiful. Water. I'm... John's got water. Rhett's making oh love to tweets. It's. It can only be SoxCast. Episode 124. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. We are, of course, we've always, done a lot of these. We're, of course, brought to you as always by our good pal Moon Pies. Moon Pies, better than Gamma Story from Sonic Adventure 1. <laughs> Boom. I mean, Boom. you do, for you, you love the Moon Pies so much. I so. love Moon Pies way more than Sonic Adventure 1. Like, they're, like Sonic Adventure 1, as much as I like it, like, they, like because, look, I don't 100% hate that video game, okay? I kind of like it to a degree. I have a tolerance for it, if you will. Whereas Moon Pies, I would marry a Moon Pie if I could. I'm not yeah. going to marry Sonic Adventure. 
Yeah, it would be. I could actually, you know, like, and, and that's the problem. Like, you know, Smash Brothers recently turned 18, and, well, <laughs> <laughs> turns out the top players don't like it anymore for some weird reason. I oh, my God. <laughs> I stole that joke from some... I stole that from someone oh. on Twitter, but I thought that it would be funny in podcast form as well. So, good stuff. It's, it's just so dark. Yeah, I was like, it's, Am I allowed to laugh yeah. at this? The more you think about it, the worse it gets. So, it's... yeah, like, oh. like, look, it's obviously right. dark, but, but in these trying times, <laughs> we got it. We got to laugh. You got to You got to laugh at something. You got to laugh at something. You got to laugh at something. Exactly. Exactly. So, to my immediate virtual right, he's grooming his poodle. He's living comfort eagle. It's red. What was that intro? <laughs> Sometimes I <laughs> pull up. Perfect timing for my good pal Beatman. God damn it. There's always that moment where I don't know what you're laughing at, and then I realize, oh, somebody, somebody subscribed. Yeah, just look at the chat. That'll tell you. <laughs> the clowns milling about in chat are causing this. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you, BP. Um, what was that intro? I was listening to a cake album. Yeah. It's called it was it's called Comfort Eagle. Ah, it's a very good cake Eagle. album. It's only thirty eight minutes. It's their shortest, so it's probably the most tolerable. <laughs> oh, you, wow. you know you know Cake. It's the band that goes yeah ha all right ha in every song. Wow, we're just a music podcast now. We are, are. going to get a permission to play them like that. Oh shit, <laughs> man, it'd be fucking hilarious to get copyright stricken for that. <laughs> Uh, that's another joke that I stole off Twitter. That's my gimmick today, is I'm just stealing jokes from Twitter. Because Poncho Smith made a, made a similar joke earlier. <laughs> he just posted, ha, yeah, alright. And 30 minutes later, oh, I'm listening to Cake. <laughs> uh, we got some comedians on Twitter, Red. I don't know if you know that. Some Twitter people... pretty much is just as people laughing at the darkness right now. We have to. We have to. You can only laugh at the impending darkness... Lest it consume you and just... Dis- if I'm going to die, if I'm going to go out, if this is where it all ends, I'm going to go out making bad fart jokes and, and puns and, and and doing some of the darkest humor I've ever done in my life. If, yeah. that's, if that's how it has to be. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I know. Rhett, are you ready for a podcast? I hope so. You hope so? I hope so as well. Somebody's got to carry <laughs> this one because I ain't got nothing to talk about. <laughs> I do. I'm kidding. I got stuff to talk about. John has a lot of stuff to talk about. To my immediate virtual left, he's got gushing gonads, tingling tushes, hairy balls, and hairy bushes. It's John Thayer. Hi. How's it going, Dirtbag Monster Boy? Doing well. Doing well. I got my blueberries. I'm content. You got your blue, <laughs> blueberry dirtbag Monster mm. Boy. There you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. His brand is a little jumbled right now. Your brand is re... Yeah, you've got some brand rehab to do. But you're... We talked a little bit before the show, and it sounds like you're on the right track to to, to Johnsville. It's, so I think you're good. You're good. Excellent. Doing okay, though? Doing okay? Yeah. You, you, yeah, you are probably the... Too. You are probably the most ready uh, for a podcast, I bet. Yeah, I'm the only one who went on vacation in a resort for a week. Yeah, so he I'm has the best week by far. Yeah, like you literally, like, <laughs> like I had, I had shitstorm week where literally nothing's going right. Oh no! It sounded like Rhett had yeah. middle of the road week where it's just like yeah. I could give or take, and John Thayer is literally over here in hot tubs schmaltzing with yep. with the rich and famous. 
So, I mean, your dad's a rich and famous <laughs> professor guy, so that it works. I, talk, I, talk, I, I was I was in a hot tub for a bit, and then I and we with my dad, and we both were ch- chatting up another guy, and he was like this thirty year old prosecutor, and he just started talking about yeah these these debunk the police people i just don't know i was like oh, oh, oh no oh what like where's the parachute where's the... my parachute i am jumping out of this conversation no. <laughs> i'm with the i am the bourgeois shit yeah no yeah I did not join in on that did not kept quiet there yeah should've. i don't know if i should have but i was uh i was out walking uh this week uh i had hooked me up i took me stroll around the block because sometimes i do you know do jogs Sometimes I just do a nice relaxed stroll, depending on the weekend, you know, depending on depending on the evening and, and, and where the where the, the mood takes me. And and speaking of just absolutely ridiculous conversations, you hear uh, like I live in an area where there happen to be a lot of uh, well, let's just call them right wing Republican idiots because that's really uh-huh. what they are. Let's just be honest here. Mm. And as I was rounding the corner, there was a guy sitting on his tractor, very proud. Uh, it had it had an American flag and a Trump 2020 flag on the back because that's what uh-huh. you do. And he's talking to the neighbor, and and I'm walking by because I just don't want to hear it. I know what they're talking about. I can hear it already. I heard the word foreigners, and I just kept walking. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason, just out of nowhere, the context goes from that in a span of 30 seconds to. If I die, they're not going to drape the American flag over my coffin. It'll be my Trump flag. And I'm just like, what, <laughs> what level of deranged are we at right now? That was kind of like, I felt myself turn to stone and then dust and get blown away in the evening breeze. Like, I, I, I've never felt... But like, like, and how do you not laugh at that? Like, I literally just... As soon as I heard it, I busted out laughing because oh, it's no. the most oh, dumb and absurd thing I've ever heard. Oh man, it's just what is go? What has happened to people? What is wrong with you? Oh my god! Yeah, I don't know why I thought to bring that up. It just sounded like you know, hey, opening show banter. But it was just like it's one of those things where it just kind of stuck with me ever yeah. since the night it happened because I'm just imagining oh. somebody with a Somebody literally dying, and the last thing they want to be remembered for is, is their allegiance to Cheeto Man. Like, what is your problem? <laughs> What's your problem? Like, that's what... Like, like is it funny? Is, wouldn't it be funny if this guy was, like, literally a military vet, and that's his... That's the legacy he wants to leave? A, a leader who could give a flying fuck less about veterans in the first place? I like people who don't die in wars. Exactly! Like, oh my god. Like, what is wrong with this? Oh my god. I know, I know, I know, I know people listen to shows like ours to get away from this shit. But that was like my boiling point, right? That's like where, that was a moment this week where everything that happened, like, I've, I've kept it, most of it off the show, you know, we don't talk about it much. But it was, that was that one moment that literally just stuck with me. Bury me? Like, cover my casket with my Trump flag? What? I... My brain... Put a a red hat on my skeleton. Oh, God! Bury me with my MAGA hat. 
I do feel like this week was was kind of a boiling point week, given everything. Yeah, a lot of things just boiled over. Like, I'm not trying to turn the show political. We're no. gonna we're getting away from that. But there was just a moment that happened for me this week where I just, we live in clown world now. We live in a clown world, Rhett. How are you faring in clown world? Why don't you? Help us, help us steer this podcast back oh into boy. to some semblance of sanity that maybe we can hold on to. <laughs> yeah, that the clowns are truly milling about, but I, I, I think we can, we can reel it in, right? You can save us. You got something for us? Yes, I do. All so right. Last week, oh, I, uh, I talked about Tokyo Mirage Sessions, mm-hmm. and I said something very silly. Mm-hmm. That I would have it finished by this podcast. Ah, uh, you see, I kind of knew <laughs> that wouldn't happen. Forgot I, what was coming out. Yeah, I knew this one was coming, so I was just like, "Oh, so, wait a minute!" Right after that show, I was like, "I was looking right look, after." Just like, "All right, that's out literally tomorrow, isn't it?" You fool, Rhett. You fool. <laughs> you gigantic moron. I have literally not played Tokyo Mirage Sessions since last podcast. I am not surprised when I knew what was when I knew what was coming. I'm not surprised. So, so like the next day, Splunky Two comes out on PS4. Yeah, not on on a so not, not on, on a PC. PC Two week delay, <laughs> which unfortunate. And I was like, I can last two weeks. I've got you know my RPGs to finish. Right, right. I look at one second of an LP, and I'm in. <laughs> yep, that that literally happened to me. I think we probably looked at the same video more than likely. Yeah. It was because like, like I was a little eh on Spelunky too because I saw the visual style and it just wasn't pulling me in. It's so weird that it stopped bothering me as soon as I started playing the game. Yeah, like as soon as I watched, I think it was Patrick Klepek's first yeah. shot at it. He had it before other people. I was just like. The immediate wanting and pining for this video game yeah. came to me. And then I looked at Steam, and I got a big depress. Aww. I did a big depress. But you, on the other hand, Rhett... What, I broke. Did... I was like, fuck it. <laughs> I want the... Fuck I'll, it! I'll take it on PS4. I deserve this! <laughs> and part of it was because John mentioned the other week how you don't do, like, podcast games. Yeah. Like listening to something while playing a game at the same time. Where for me, yeah, yeah that's basically. Yeah. Where for me, that's Splunky is like just putting the game on and then throwing on you know a podcast or an LP or to Twitch stream on the computer. Mm-hmm. So that's why I ended up going for the PS4 version is because it's just way easier to do that like two things at once set up mm. than having them both on the PC right. and having to like you know the audio gets merged and shit. Yeah. So that so that's been my two weeks of just a nonstop deluge of get up, play Splunky, go to work, get home, play Splunky, go to bed, like literally eat, sleep, Splunky, repeat. Yeah, like I've I've literally never been more jealous of Red, and I could go buy this game myself. It's not that I can't. Yeah, it's just that just. like, it's just I don't really. I I'm not. I'm not in yeah. the consoles anymore. I just, I, I like, I'm buying Cold Steel Four on PS4 just because that's where it's gonna be. 
Yeah. Uh, but I'm not really looking to chain myself further to consoles, so I've got to wait until late this week when Spelunky 2 comes out. I think out. it's pretty close. I think it was the 29th, and we're on the 27th. Oh, so. shit. Okay, I can I think do that. it was exactly two weeks, so it should be Tuesday, I think. Well, there you go. I'll just play Goose Game. I bought, like, three collections on the PS4 lately that are on Steam. Just like, hmm, I do like playing games on this more than I like playing games on my computer. Mm. <laughs> Uh, I can go either way for this so one. Opposite. For this one, it was just because this is such a podcast game for me. Oh, yeah, and yeah. The, the, the two weeks was worth it. Yeah. Like, even if I just bought the game on Steam tomorrow, like, I feel like I already got my 20 bucks out of mm-hmm. two-week early access. Nice. So I, I have had some up and downs with this game, though. Oh, well, I mean, it's but Spelunky. What do you... <laughs> it's fucking hard. Oh. It's so... It feels so much harder than the first one. Well, like the opening I, I area, little, the opening area, the opening area is ridiculous. It sounds I, like so over designed and engineered toward the player. There's just, it feels like thirty to fifty percent too dense with just shit. Yeah. Where like if it was if there was because I remember there was this mod for Splunky One on PC where you could actually just turn on or adjust density. Oh. So if you just, so if you cranked it all the way up, it would just literally be every block has an item in it, every tile has an enemy on it, like just a hundred percent density. That would be so a like, bit much. Yeah. So basically, a lot of the time you just enter the level and then the whole thing explodes because there are so many explosive crates yeah. in the level. Yeah. But it was a funny mod, and being able to actually real time edit that stuff was interesting. Yeah. So level one in Splunky Two feels like they just took that slider and put it at like fifty percent. <laughs> There's just so much shit where it's this like it's not just that there's one arrow trap it's that there's two arrow traps on the left and one on the right it's just like come on game it feels like it's a density problem yeah but but what this sounds like is is and i don't know maybe like like i can't speak for the entire game yet Mm -hmm. but just from what i've heard people talking about spelunky one is a case of that game everything is built to kind of interact with everything and yeah. everything, like, it's not, it's not, like, it doesn't lean a certain way. Like, it's not meant to be more to- in the player's favor or the game's favor. Everything's just there because these things will re- interact with one another at some point and create some crazy-ass shit. Yeah. Whereas Spelunky 2 seems more engineered to make those moments happen versus the player on purpose. I can kind of see, there's just some, there's some that just feel, like, malicious. Right. Like, they're... So, like, there's two newish enemy, two totally new enemies in the first area. One is, like, a mole that will pop up in the ground, and you can see them when they're burrowing around, but they pop up in kind of weird, random places. Like, oh, it pops out of the wall and, you know, bonks you. Oh. And, like, again, you can see them in the walls, though, so it's it doesn't ever feel completely unfair, but it's just... I saw that, and I was like, oh, it, boy, it's kind of hard. I thought Spunky One was balls oh, hard this, for the record. Again, like, yeah, I never that game is hard though. Like, this one feels like Spelunky One is hard, but like when you sit down and play it, yeah. when you're in the mines, you're like, I see how this is just a little box of very simple mechanics that I just need to keep yeah. poking at. Um, and again, this one feels very engineered toward toward making the player suffer in a way. I think Spunky One especially. Again, I'm only talking about the first area here. Splunky 1 is like you can go slow mm-hmm. and like kind of puzzle out. You can, you know, look, watch your step and you'll be fine. Yeah, like that's why Splunky, that game works for me. Yeah. Splunky 2, the first area specifically, is much more 
you have to be able to react quickly. Because the reason I brought up those moles is because sometimes they will just run into the shop with you. Oh! Oh, and that's I've, not good. And at least two, two times I've, like, just reactively whipped them. Whoops. And the shopkeeper, depending on where you whip, does not like that. <laughs> <laughs> so either, I think I was, like, on the item closest to him and I turned and whipped the mole and the back, you know, the bat tech, oh, the right, yeah. backhand of the whip hit the shopkeeper Whoops. and he just shot me dead. Just dead. And I was Done. just like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> or like I whip the mole and an item goes out the door of the shop. And just, and oh, you like, stole it. You can't do yeah. that. Yeah. So like there are funny moments like that, but it's also like, man, these fucking moles. God damn it. That's so the other new enemy are these lizards that just when you, they see you, they roll at you mm-hmm. and they just fucking send you flying. <laughs> and they are just like, they have, so the mole and the lizard both have 3 HP, which feels way too high. Yeah, man, almost everything in the mines has yeah. one or two in Spelunky yeah. 1. I feel like two would have been fine, because then an arrow trap would kill them. The yeah. fact that they have three, so they can take a big hit and oh, still be alive that's... is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But the fucking lizard... The other thing is that your stun time is way too long in this. It feels like mm. it's longer than in the first game. So, like, these lizards will roll into you one damage. They bounce you up one damage. You land, and the lizard turns around, sees you again, rolls, oh, bounce, that's... bounce, so you're dead. That's the get the original game yeah. combos you for sure, and it does bounce you into some real shitty situations. Yeah. But this is like very like yeah. Oh, this is like this is very battle toads <laughs> in a way where there are many yeah. enemies in that game that were like they will kill you and then immediately kill you again because you died within their proximity. Yeah, so. That's kind of the worst is when it's not just that you got comboed in a funny way. It's just that this one enemy was capable of killing you by itself. Yeah. Where the lizard just hits you four fucking times and you're dead. Whereas, like, if he bounces you onto spikes or something else, then it's funny. Cause, yeah, like, that's cute. Know, that, like, okay, that's, that's spelunky. That happens. But just, like, yeah. one enemy being able to yeah. constantly stun and then wipe the floor with you is kind of yeah. shitty. They did do a patch the other day. There was one enemy that could just stunlock you forever oh good basically so they have adjusted it because mm. what it would do is put you in a bubble mm-hmm. and then you would slowly rise up until you hit the ceiling and then you would fall Problem oh is, yeah they rebubble you i imagine they would just rebubble you yeah over and over so now you wake up of stun, out of stun in the bubble which is That's... you know it gives you some sort of fucking chance yeah because you can you can <laughs> move it left and right to a degree it was just before the enemy would just... Because if they're on a one tile, yeah. they would just continually face one direction. Yeah. And just bubble you over and over. It was really bad. That's fucked. That's fucked. Yeah. Again, this game does not feel as elegant as Splunky 1 did. Mm. Where this game is definitely, like, leaning into being a little more cryptic, a little more bullshit. But... Yeah. I also think... You're still having oh no! Fun I'm having a ton of fun. I'm having a ton of fun. Yeah. I'm also getting way madder at the game than I think I did the first one, which seems to be the general consensus I've seen on message boards. It's like I, I saw one good comment that was like, "World One is too hard for that one more run feeling." Oh, you see, like that's why I'm always like that's why I can always like I can even get to like Yama in in, in the original and be yeah. like and be like and then die horribly and just be like. Oh, God. Yeah. And then just be like, ah, oh, fuck it. It's quick restart. Let's do it again. Because the mines yeah. is easy. It, mines is, like, it's a good cool down. 
mines that's the thing uh it's called dwelling now because you know there's more cavemen and stuff, yeah but yeah. it's it's basically the mines but mm. with the lizards that fuck you over mm. but yeah the first area is not a cooldown anymore because what i realized after playing a lot so you can get shortcuts to the later levels mm -hmm. like in the first game i think area two is just way easier than oh wow the mines or oh. dwelling I think the the first area is generally one of the harder ones because of like the lizards being able to stun the alchemy and the fact that you just want to rush in there. Oh yeah, the yeah. There's just so many arrow traps because oh. like oh, and the tiki traps from you know the jungle in the first game are in the mines now. Oh, like they do two damage, but again, they can combo you or they can knock you into stuff. Oh wait, they're like punch bags now, aren't they? Don't yeah, they just punch like bags now. Oh yeah, they fucking pinball you and shit. Like that so ugh. So it's practically like fucking temple in the first game where you have spikes, the you know, punch bags, and the arrow traps. It's just like mm, it's a little much. It's a little over designed and dense. So I just think area one that's why the density is such a problem for me, is because there are so many types of traps, even though there's not actually that many spikes, thank God. Mm-hmm. It just feels a little overtuned, I think. Mm. But then I really like Area 2, so it's like, okay, once I get to here, I'm fine. That's good. Like, I think pretty much the whole rest of the game is much more, if you go really slowly and, you know, watch your step, you'll do pretty well. Yeah. Like You, you don't get three run. minutes per level now, right? And the ghost timer is longer. Now. Oh, okay, okay. That sounds like like, like two minutes thirty goes quicker than you think in the original. Yeah. Like, cause I've been replaying uh, a lot of Spelunky myself lately, yeah. uh, and that two thirty will go quicker than you think. So, so adding a thirty seconds to that feels like a a, a good yeah. concession for the game being a little more dense and and and, and yeah. overpopulated. The other thing is that uh, the levels like Spunky One levels were especially the mines were kind of left to right back and forth mm -hmm. and then you take you know certain rooms would have a down exit because the whole thing it's it's not entirely random generation it's made from preset blocks yeah like the, 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 that's the same way the first one was it's just region yeah. by region it's just they're kind of placed in a yeah. smart way it's kind of a four by four grid and yeah i think there's way more verticality in splunky 2 mm -hmm. so sometimes you can just really get to the exit quickly mm. Like I think a lot of the difficulty, even in the in the first area, is that if you start trying to hunt for stuff, like if you want to fully explore an area, right. like if you want to find a golden key, you know, yeah. stuff like that, or you want to find the shop, yeah. So like, but like booking it to the exit is so much safer than like anything else. Well, I mean, like, that can kind of be the case for the original too. Like, if yeah. you're, if, they're, if you're not interacting with things, then they're not interacting with you, and Spelunky yeah. is all about interaction. Like, mm -hmm. Spunky 1 has an achievement for beating the game in 8 minutes. Yep. Which is, like, when you actually figure out how long that gives you per stage, it's pretty rough. It's, like, oh, 20 yeah. seconds or 20 something. 20 seconds or so, yeah. Like, but, like, that, again, it's doable, because I've done it. Yeah. But Spunky 2's time achievement is 10 minutes. Ooh. Oh, boy. Ooh. I don't I don't know how that shakes out, but that seems really hard. <laughs> Yeah, Especially since you, it sounds like you've got to play more carefully this time because it's so de it can be so dense and treacherous. Again, I think area one is actually just like that might just more, be that might just be the wall. Uh. It's it's I don't know. It just seems more dense than later stuff. Hmm, that's interesting. Because like, I made a joke on Twitter where it's like 
89% of my runs end in area one, 9% end in area two. <laughs> and then the one time I got past area two, I made it to the last boss. I, uh, I, I like <laughs> a number of people I follow have been streaming this yeah. game. And every time I look, like, I go to my who's streaming page and I see somebody playing it. Everybody, even right now, yeah. the thumbnail is area one. <laughs> and this is two weeks after release. It was funny. I, I watched one of the top streamers, Bananasaurus Rex, oh, play yeah. for like 30 seconds. Yeah. And he was in Area 1. <laughs> well, because, again, that guy is like insanely good at getting the game where he was like robbing the shop immediately and just grabbing the teleport. Yeah. Zip, yeah. zip, exit. Zip, 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 exit. But even he was in Area 1. I'm like, what the hell? Like, he's the guy that did the, 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 the eggplant run, is he not? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I think so. He might have done. God, the eggplant stuff in the one was ridiculous. That's so done... crazy. Yeah. Basically, the eggplant was an item that would be destroyed in one hit if you dropped it. Yep. And there was a thing to bring... Oh, I think that's right. The eggplant run solo was, like, impossible because you also had to do, like, the Yama shit. Yep. Which which meant carrying uh, the scepter. Yep. Which you can't do if you, you can't. have the eggplant. Yeah, you can't so put it down. I think he had to use two characters. Yep. Oh, so basically the whole thing is if, if you bring the eggplant to the end of the game and throw it on Yama's head, he turns into an eggplant. Yeah, it's very stupid. But, like, it's also impossible <laughs> to do by yourself. Yeah. It's it's very stupid. It's one of those just because yeah. you can. I don't know why the developer put that in the game, but because it was, I think it was must have been intended to be a two-person thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, interesting. He's good. Uh, so, like, the first week of this game for me was just total bliss, basically. Oh, yeah. You, <laughs> because you it was just. We're having a blast, it sounded like. Perpetual excitement of finding out what was next, getting a little deeper and deeper each time, and, like, unlocking the shortcuts. Because I think the shortcuts help a lot, mm. especially even compared mm. to the first game. Because. I don't like starting in area one. Yeah, I get that. like yeah. I never used the shortcuts. Like I opened them obviously because yeah. that's that's part of like the the progress is that you yeah. you do that because it feels good to do it. And there are little many challenges that you do to make that happen. But I never use the shortcuts. I think you should use them in this one. Right? Yeah. Be Polly doesn't need to. Polly doesn't practice. You, you put in the credit and then you play until you game over and then when you're done you're done and exactly. then no continues here exactly well, no continues well there are no continues that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> i just think because area one is such a motherfucker yeah you don't want to start you don't want to you know take that one out of ten runs that makes it to area two and then immediately die and then have to go back to area one for another 20 minutes yeah you know? it's four it's mm. four levels of treachery before you can get back to the level that where the yeah. game starts getting good <laughs> Kinda. I wonder if so they're gonna me, balance. Was, I wonder if they're gonna balance this at all. I mean, there was a patch mm -hmm. for some stuff, like I said, the the one enemy that could stun Yalak you in a bubble over and over. Mm -hmm. So, like that had a note that's just kind of vaguely said adjusted level generation. Mm. And all I noticed, honest to God, is that there's more arrow traps in level one now. So I don't know. <laughs> don't think they're gonna make it much easier. Nah. If anything. So, first week with this game was Bliss, and again, I highly recommend using the shortcuts just so you can start in the later levels and so you can learn them, because, yeah. again, 
It's not like there's not instant death stuff in later levels. Oh, yeah, It's just definitely. not quite as dense as Area 1 is. And then, you know, getting to the final boss the first time, you know, seeing everything, very exciting. Mm -hmm. And then I started trying to do the full game run. And boy, I started getting real mad at Area 1. <laughs> just just blocking oh. every run. Just, just the level of bullshit it can put you through. <laughs> and then again, where it's like, you know, 90 runs die there, 10 runs die in the Area 2, and then the one run that gets past that just breezes through the entire rest of the game mm -hmm. and then loses to the final mm -hmm. boss because I kind of don't like the final boss either. Oh, no. The bosses were like, a little eh in the first one, too. Yeah. Like, Yama I, especially I is just bullshit. I definitely have some thoughts. I probably shouldn't, you know, go full spoiler, obviously, because the game isn't even out for PC yet. But yeah, yeah. I've been moaning on Twitter. Well, got to the final boss without a shotgun. I'm going to lose. Ten minutes later, I lost. Oh, no. Like, uh... I don't like feeling like a shotgun is required. I think that just feels bad. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I feel like the general design of this game is that there's more weight on your decisions. Mm. Like, Splunky 1 for me was just, you rob the shop. That's how you play the game. Yeah. Now I feel there are pros and cons to that kind of decision. Mm. And that applies to other things that I won't say, but, like, like, money feels a little easier to come by in this one. So I don't... Like, if you won't run into a shop and be like, oh, it's impossible to afford this stuff. It's like, well, I could get the good stuff. And again, like... Items that were really good in Splunky 1 have been weakened. Items hmm. that were kind of mid in Splunky 1 have been strengthened. Hmm. Like, I, I had the other day, I was like, oh, is the camera really good now? Oh, weird. Like, I think I've only ever yeah. used that once or twice. I've only used it once or twice in Splunky 2 after just kind of re reactively ignoring it for mm -hmm. a week. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, this seems kind of good. Oh, also, fuck Dark Levels. Oh, man. So the camera will illuminate the whole screen for like a second in Dark Levels. It's really good. Oh. As well as just having, you know, kind of AOE stun on enemies. Mm hmm camera seems like it could be a lifesaver at times don't know if it'll do much on the final boss because you need a shotgun for the final boss but <laughs> so that's the problem is like feeling like the final boss has this one very obvious win button yeah. versus everything else is kind of weird that... where everything else feels to have some push and pull yeah sounds good though uh, I did have a run I think I think I had a run yesterday where I did start of the game to the final boss hmm and then still lost. I ended up how we thought we would end up. Little salty about that, but it was like, okay, it's possible. Mm -hmm. But then there's the alternate path stuff with all, you know, the hell equivalent. Oh, right. Oh, lordy. Oh. So I pieced some of it together. Mm -hmm. And then I've, I've kind of looked at a step-by-step -step thing. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! <laughs> like, like getting to hell in the Is first one was to get there. Like getting to hell in the first one was a process, but it's one you can yeah. easily internalize, and if you know where the things are to make it yeah. happen, it's not that hard to do. Yeah, it's it's harder this time. Uh, well, I mean, I kind of figured as much. Yeah, because I think the goal is to not have you just be able to run to the exit as much. Mm. So that's where, you know, the ghost timer being three minutes 
suddenly isn't as generous. Right. Or certain parts mm. that are just just actually extremely difficult to pull off consistently. Mm. So I'm just like looking at that cliff right now is just a little daunting. So I don't know. Mm. I, I still want to get the full game run. Well, yeah. But then I'm like, I've put two weeks into this. I've probably put like 50 hours into this game already, like five hours for 10 days. I mean, that's fine. Maybe need to maybe step back a little bit. That's that's fine. That's not that, that challenge isn't going anywhere. I mean, it'll, yeah. it'll be there. You're mm -hmm. good at Spelunky. You're not going to fall off the, the bike. The funny thing is I went back to Spelunky 1 right before this came out and mm -hmm. couldn't get to... I don't think I ever had a run get to Temple. Ooh. Yeah, because I, I, I was... Yeah. I haven't had any wins, but I can consistently still get to Temple at least. Yeah. Because for me, I just I always rob the shopkeepers. Right. And I always rob the black market. See, I, I, only realized... do, I only start robbing when they have the items that I want. Like, I'm not going to go into the first shop if it's just like, oh, here's yeah. a few bomb bags and a rope. It's like, I'm not going to rob that. I don't need that right See, now. See, for me, the item I want is the shotgun, so it's always robbed. <laughs> like, I don't need the shotgun most of the time. Like, yeah. in fact, most of the time I just ditch it, like, three yeah. like, by the time I get mm -hmm. to Temple, I ditch it anyway. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah. So, like, Again, I stuff has been yeah. strats. Stuff has been rebalanced into, mm. but I got to the final boss once and then died. Yeah. Oh. As far as I got in Spelunky One, because it was I was a baby gamer and I was too was too hard. It's I mean, pretty hard. I think I died. The, he's pretty when if you're especially if you started from the start of the game. Yeah, you're pretty stressed out at that point. You, yeah, you, all you have to do is one tiny mistake and then stop. Yeah, you're gone. Like it's it is it's, it's like like like. like that boss is smart, um, I, yeah. I think. Uh, Yama, not so much. I think Yama's just a bunch of bullshit, and it's just like, okay. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't really care if I ever beat this one. Uh, I just think it's kind of mm -hmm. dumb. But but the um, but the Olmec fight itself is like, oh, yeah. this is fine. Like, there's, like, this was actually thought out well. Yeah. I... I feel like Olmec is a thought out, well thought out boss that the ones in Spunky Two aren't. Mm. So it goes. So it goes. Yeah, but again, I still really like this game. I'm just maybe a little burnt from. Yeah, maybe so it's much so hard. Maybe it's time to so like much area one. Yeah, area one. yeah, area one. We'll we'll do that to you. Like, I wonder if they adjust it later on. I. There's, it has to be a consistent complaint because like everybody I know, like area one is the, the fucking tipping point. And I'm wondering if they just haven't done it yet because they're just trying to get the PC version out, then roll yeah. those changes out, um, globally. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. So I guess that's all the Splunkin I've been doing. That's all the Spelunkin? Yeah. You gotta get the Splunk and Dunk <laughs> if you wanna feel right. I have man. a feeling it'll come back up in the future. You think? You think? It might. It, it <laughs> oh, very I just well went could. To blah, 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 final area. Easy <laughs> shit. Easy game. Easy baby game for babies. Easy baby game. Okay, to start your streaming career. Right. Just there you go. Monkey runs. There you go. He's not <laughs> using the teleporter. What is this baby? Yeah, what is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of the things I really like in Splunky 2 is that they added mounts. Oh, neat! So there's turkeys and other things. Turkeys oh, in the first area, other things later turkeys. on. Turkey! Ah, that's cute. They're that's awesome! Cute. <laughs> so mounts will give you a double jump, and then you can jump off it for. Oh a jump. shit! So again, that's a lot of the verticality is from them. 
but then they have drawbacks where they can't cool. by default they can't climb ropes mm. but you can also get off of them and then pick them up and carry them up the rope right if you if you had a tur if you had a turkey that could climb a rope tell me that would not be the most terrifying creation known to man <laughs> yeah we're doomed we're <laughs> fucked yeah i guess one last thought from i mentioned spucky one how I couldn't get to Temple mm -hmm. consistently or actually at all. But I realized, because I was robbing the shops, robbing the black market, every single death I had was shopkeeper-related. <laughs> and they've actually been nerfed in Splunky, too. Like, they're not nearly as fast. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. That's a concession like, I'm not sure that I ever thought that they would make, because I think, like, robbing the shopkeeper is supposed to be this, like, you make this mistake, you know what you're signing up for. I mean, I ain't going to say they're not going to still get you. Right. They just don't run around. They are so fast. Oh, it's it's ridiculous how yeah, fast ridiculous. they are. Like, yeah. Yeah. On the, In this one, you can see them coming. Okay. Okay. Unless good. it's a dark level, in which oh. case I did not see it coming. <laughs> I just, I was like, you know, three quarters of a three quarters of a screen away from the exit and he just fucking point blank shot me. Oh, I man. It. Literally didn't see it coming. Oh. And I was just like, well, that's fair. Yeah. But in general, like, they're easier and hard. They're still they're still very deadly. They're, the AI is better. Yeah. But they don't run around at fucking 90 miles an hour. <laughs> at they, fucking they speed. The, yeah, they are just too fast. I think maybe that, that might have been a two-player mode concession because yeah. there's online play now. Have, have so you tried fast. that? Have you tried uh, online at all? I haven't tried it. I heard it was fucking god awful on PS4 mm, right now. Like, I, I, like I, I, the digit frame rate stuff. I felt real skeptical when I read that it was online co-op because I, I think that yeah. that's a game where you need, like, the precision, you need that precision. Every the little... precision and the frame rate. Like, yeah, that's the game. You can't have either of those lacking or you're just going to have a shitty experience. Yeah. There was an issue on PS4 where the frame rate would fucking tank in certain areas with water physics. And they they patched it like a day later. Oh, good. I, so I only ever had it happen once. Mm -hmm. But it was so hilariously bad because it's a 60 frames that get 60 frames per second game. Mm -hmm. And like on the clip I made of it, not only is the clip just at 30 and you can still see the frame rate drop, like... So it's it's going well below thirty. Yeah, but again, they fixed it right away. That's but it good. was just like, wow, this is like ten. It's like fucking Gradius three slow motion oh. here. Where you, like, you jump and you're sailing <laughs> through the air. At one, okay, you landed. There like, you go. It it was real because there were like four pools on screen at once. The game was just like, oh, oh no nope 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 can't do that. So it was like certain levels would just literally freeze up. But it's way better now. Like, they've been refining effects and stuff to make it more efficient. That's good. It's a beautiful game. <laughs> at, at times. Because the game feel is so good that you can never really get mad at it for too long. Because when you pull off something awesome, you feel really good. Oh, God. Like, that's even the case with the first game. It's just like, it always yeah. feels good to do something it feels awesome. Real, feels real good. And, like... I swear the whip hitbox is even bigger behind your character now. That's awesome. So I like genuinely whip backwards as much as I do forwards. Bat it's not tech. just for bats. It's not just for bats anymore. <laughs> so, uh, John, 
Yeah? Hello? Yeah? Can you hear me? Yep. What you been up to, John? Okay. Oh, well, you had to. You didn't do the finish the segue. You were like, John, yeah? I didn't. What honestly, didn't hear the yeah. Rhett, Rhett, Rhett's, that, like, that's, oh. that's Rhett's new gag, the, the awkward boy. He's just trying out a new, com- <laughs> he's just trying out a new comedy uh, skit with you. That's all. That's always been my awkward, thing. Awkward, it's being extremely socially awkward. Awkward boy, monster boy. And awkward boy like, and monster boy. You know, like, they're, they're having their first interaction and it's go. just so awkward. <laughs> it's so it's bad. It's just so unpleasant. <laughs> um, I have a, I have a, a possible segment I want to do before we talk a about what segment. I've been a segment. Uh-huh. I don't have a name yet. Maybe y'all can workshop that with me. Okay. Okay. Um, but oh wait, is this a but, podcast within a podcast? Um, something like that. Okay. Um, so y'all love RPG Maker. Let's call it Butt Steam. We it's called Butt. It's called Butt Steam. Oh no. Oh okay. It's not Butt we Steam. All, we already used that one. It's trademarked. We all. Yeah, we all love, know and love RPG Maker. And we all know and love RPG Maker music because it's the best <laughs> we love. And sometimes we love going to RPG Maker music on YouTube and listening to it and being like, oh, I could use this in a game. I could put the, oh, this scene could work for something. That sounds like With, something we all do. Yeah, we do this all the time. Universal experience. Yeah. It's uh-huh. just like. Sure. Listening to RPG Maker music and brainstorming and like, hmm, okay. Well, th- we all do this. Absolutely, and absolutely. A lot of other people do this too. And a thing that makes me really happy is that I'll go onto these RPG Maker songs and then people leave comments. Oh, no. Is this like where people go into, like, 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 because there's this other subculture that I know where people that make rap beats will, will upload those to YouTube. And then you go into the comments and there are people writing really bad raps to them. Hmm. It sounds. Exactly like that, Polly. <laughs> uh oh. So I'm going to so I'm going to um, link a couple a handful of tracks. All right. Oh, okay. Okay. I will um, play. I will play a chat. I will play. I will play a song, and then you will tell me what they're talking about. I, I can figure this out. I'll figure this. Vo- I'll figure the volume out on the fly. But I'm going to press play on this song okay. right now, and then you you got your comments ready? Yeah. All right. I'm going to play this song right now. All right. Live. Okay. <laughs> All right, John, go. Uh, all right, so a lot of people are like pretty benign. Um, it's just like sounds like a boss battle. Uh, someone just saying, "I agree to nobody." <laughs> <laughs> Not into reply to anyone. That was seven years ago. Um, five years ago, the long stretch pathway before the final boss for a really awesome field tune. Okay, cool. Um, two years ago, I always use this as the final boss theme when making games. Smiley face. RPG Maker is fun. Perfect for fighting with a Dark Lord. I use this for my fire dungeon. A lot of nice, benign okay. stuff. Okay. And then, and then it can, sometimes people get a little more sincere. And Uh-oh. it's like, this is it. We cannot lose here. Dot, dot, dot. It's time to win back the No! No! Not fan fiction! Open no! <laughs> Open paren. Final boss theme. Close paren. Four years ago. Um, two years ago. Quote, quote mark. How interesting. I never imagined such a cretin like you could draw such power. Oh no! Mere emotion. <laughs> but tell me, how will that aid you? The deepest flames of hell withered under this eternal winter. Very well, I will heal you. Heals party. Now you shall die upon the acme of your own power. Oh my God! Say, 
Same comment, but outside of quotes. Ah, the amount of angry feedback I got for that boss. <laughs> and then, and then there's the one person in every single thing who says, "Play in 1.5 speed." Oh my god! <laughs> yes. Hold on, I'm gonna play this at 1.5 speed. Give me a moment. We're gonna. I'm gonna. <laughs> give, I'm gonna give this the 1.5 speed treatment. Okay, 1.5. So which someone okay, replies, "Whoa, that's lit." <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, this is pretty dope at 1.5, John. John, this is dope at 1.5. Well, there you go! Is it, is it lit? Dude, it's fucking dope! Oh, right, John awesome. has been defeated. <laughs> alright, um... I didn't say it wasn't, I love this stuff. So, I'm going to... Alright, so... Alright, we got another one? Because there's one... Yep. Alright, um, so okay. Number three, but all of these are RPG Maker VXAs, because that's one of the only ones where all of the tracks are uploaded on YouTube. Okay, okay. Are you ready? I'm hitting play. Right, so this is one comment. This is one con comment chain. Um, and and here's how it goes. It starts off six years ago. My favorite. It doesn't sound like a title theme. It sounds more like an ending song. Ellipsis. There are ellipses after every sentence here. Of course. The kingdom of Aldia. Open friend. My kingdom in the game I'm making. Close friend. Has been brought back to peace and the heroes part ways. Ellipsis. Makes me look forward to creating the game ending. Winky smiley. Um, someone replied four years ago, so two years later. If you finished it and put it up, could I play it? I'd love to give it a go. Happy um, upward arrow smiley. And then four years ago, Saint, the opening comment said, Wow, uh, I'm really grateful that you want to play it. But the thing is that that comment is from two years ago. And during those two years, I scrapped the game. <laughs> As you do with RPG that... Maker games. <laughs> and then the first person replies, Oh, well, I'm going to go cry. Winky sad face. And then they replied, I'm so sorry. I am, however, working on another game. And that person replies, I'll happily play that. Oh, that sure. four years ago. <laughs> and then one year ago, someone replies, so, two years later, how's the game coming, bud? <laughs> no reply. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got one more. Okay, okay. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to see how this sounds at 1.5. You got to know. You got to know, John. You have to know. It's oh. true. This is not as lit as the other one, but I can see like this sounds more like an opening now. This sounds like the the opening to a grand right. scene. Actually, I could I could write fan fiction to this. There I think. You there you go. All right, we got a third one. Go for it, yeah. All right, where's the All right, third yeah, one? This is the last one for now. All, All right. Could you make her VX Ace? This is scene number six. Okay. Um, one person comments a year ago. Me, I'm using this at... Let me know when you got it. Got it. Alright. Me, I'm using this for tender-hearted moments, romantic moments. The player discovers the truth about him, her. This is a bullet-pointed list. Houses, open friend, 1.0 version, close friend, <laughs> whatever that means. And then ending. And then in a separate comment, they reply, When you save the abused Lamia, dot dot dot. <laughs> what?! <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Like I get, I get abused, Lamia, from uh, from this. Like I could, I can hear that. Yeah. I, I can just, I can feel the Lamia. So I can just feel the heartbreak coming from the Lamia right now. Of the from it's it's very snake flavored. <laughs> yeah. Flavored heartbreak. Imagine if like the town music uh, just played for the ending, you'd be like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> but then you, but then you remember the Lamia, and it starts tugging at your heartstrings, Red. It's pulling back. It's, it's a callback to, to, it's a callback to the abused Lamia. There you go. 
One person says, it sounds so depressive great when the pitch is reduced to the minimum. And the person who tweeted, who commented about the abused Lamia said, replied, yes, it is. Four years later. Oh my god. Yeah, that comment is two months ago. Uh, Alright, don't, don't read ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, sorry, John. Alright. <laughs> You're uh, ruining the segment, so, Rhett! So, I... I, I I posted this one on Twitter a bit ago because this this brought me so much joy, and I'm going to share it with you all now. <laughs> I use this in a game whenever a player spends sweet time with a puppy. Ellipsis. But later in the game, this theme plays once more when the puppy dies. <laughs> <laughs> this is replies. This song's got a lot of implications. <laughs> There's a first reply. It's just a frowny face, this is and then so a second reply, a year and a half later. Puppies theme. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got for you today. I can't. I can't. <laughs> All right, true test though. Okay, I got. I got to do the true test. I got to play this at one point five. Okay. Hold on. Let's see how this works at okay. one point five. Y'all, are y'all playing it at one point five? Here we go. Supposedly, it's listen at 0.75 for a real tender theme and at two times theme for really happy. That's when the puppy's alive. Oh, that's when the puppy's alive? Okay, we're going to go to two. <laughs> we're going to go to two. The puppy is alive. Okay, I get some I get, I get some alive puppy from this, I think. I could definitely see, I could definitely see a scenario. I could definitely see where there, there, there's a scenario where a puppy is alive and frolicking around. Like, this is definitely like, I don't know about Lamia, I don't know, she might still be being abused. <laughs> okay, what was the other one? <laughs> 0. 0.75. Alright, 0. 0.75. Is this dead puppy vibes, or what are we going for here? <laughs> oh my god. This is dead puppy vibes. This is mourning for the, mourning for puppy, puppy's theme, but sad. Mmm. It's just... Are you getting that? I mean, I guess. I mean, I'm not, like, I'm not into, I, I'm not into dead puppy core is the thing. Like, it's it's just not my genre. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there's a, there's an endless wellspring John. of good comments for these, so we can, come, we can return to this. We can, I've got, yeah. I've got one. Rhett, you have one? Alright, go for it, Rhett. So, I decided, I've made an kind of an RPG at one point called uh -oh. Press Space to Win. Oh, right, right, right. So I looked up the final boss theme for that on Newgrounds. This is not an RPG Maker song. This is a Newgrounds original. Okay. The second comment for it from 2016. Ah, <laughs> puny mortal. Oh, my God. You really think you can save this world? I'm going to save it the only way I know how. No! 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 Earth explodes! Earth explodes! Can we just do an entire podcast of this? Can this be an its entire it's own podcast? podcast. We'll, we'll return. We'll return to it. This can, can, I can't believe it. It'll help if you all can. It'll help you I will. come up with a name. I looked through like the rest of the reviews, and none of them, like one other, had kind of a role play thing. But it only took me two reviews mm -hmm. to find this one. I was just like, "Yep, nailed it." <laughs> and blew up Earth. Son of a bitch. Good. Oh, um, that was that was John. I gotta give you a credit where it is I, due. Thank you. 
I, I, I didn't expect a John workshopped segment, let alone a John workshopped segment to be as fucking good as that ended up being. I have to look for more myself now? Yeah, we need to... This is something we need to revisit in the future, uh, I think. As, as a, it, is, it has got to be an integral part of the podcast. <laughs> um, I did another thing that I think Rhett will enjoy talking about. Mm-hmm. Are you up for that, Red? Not too distracted? <laughs> well, I, I maybe that was too quiet. I said mm-hmm. no, no. Oh, is this uh, where I get to I, is this where I get to take uh, my headphones off? Nah. I don't No, you wanna you wanna hear about this. Um I did play I did watch Simple Gear GX. Alright. Oh. Headphones are off. Polly. Oh no. No, this is interesting to you, Polly. I, I play. You can get the, I, you can get I, the extra context. It's a shtick, John. It's my shtick. I know. I know. I know. It's a shtick. Okay. So, um, <laughs> Grant, what was your? What was your? <laughs> it's a shtick. It's a shtick. Don't what worry. Was your, um, it's just a shtick where you burp into the microphone. Um, what was your comment, Grant? Where specifically, like, um, I'm wearing body armor to this next podcast, so I'm prepping for the knife you're gonna put on my back. <laughs> I'm not expecting the knife I... anymore. Aw. Um, but I, because uh, I finished Simple Gear GX, and I told Brett that I really, that I liked it and had a good time. Do I need to, f- um, I'm digging up the DMs right now. You have to give me a f- minute. No, I was trying to find it too. I couldn't. Don't worry about it. Um, so I think this is the best season of the first three. Yay. Um, because it's it's for all the same reasons Rhett was kind of a down on it the very first time he watched it. I yeah. Think, where it's like it's more formulaic. It's more doing a magical girl type structure. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's just like introduces a bunch of baddies, and then systematically they fight through the baddies, and then they fight the final boss. Instead of the structures of the first two season, which was <laughs> which was we don't have a structure. Which is, we're just going to fuck around for a while, and it'll be fun. We'll, we'll have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoyed that in the first season, and then I didn't in she. Um, mm-hmm. um, hurting hurting Red's feelings immensely. Dude, I'm so um, over you being mad about G, it's fine. <laughs> like, G is, okay. is very weak. It's very weak. I'm sorry. G is weak. We can all agree. <laughs> okay. I'm not um, trying to dump on it. I think the writing no. of season two is bad. I think I, I agree. Okay. All right. I still just, love it. But just so, it's, just so it's clear, it's a lower tier season. All right. Just so it's clear that it's not me mm-hmm. just intentionally dumping on it. It's just no. no I, I just think the writing is shitty. I think the deal is that Symphogear really depends on you being able to buy into what it's doing. Oh yeah. Yeah. You just can't. You just got. It just. You got to be swept along. Mm-hmm. And I. I was basically swept along in the first season, and I was swept along this season, and I wasn't in G because I think G just makes a couple of choices that really rub me the wrong way. G um, works incredibly hard to lose you, basically, where it's just so stupid. It's and got that great. It's, it's got that great don't. finale. It's got that great finale. Yeah. We'll give it that. Mm-hmm. But if it's so lost you by that point. checked out by yeah. that point. But if, if it has lost you by that point, I understand, like, mm-hmm. losing it. Not feeling the plot. It. Because... Mm-hmm. Boy, John, so... we talked a lot about Simple Gear. I'm having to scroll very far back. We talk a lot about Simple Gear, Red. I don't understand. I what? Don't... It's very fun to talk about Simple Gear with you. It almost makes me want to watch Simple Gear. <laughs> um, 
it, it has succeeded after like a year yeah. after I watched one and two. I was like, all right, let's do it. And then I, I mainlined this in like a day. Um, Literally a day. Okay, I found, yeah. I found the tweet. You hit me with this at 11 a.m. I think I was asleep or something. Not to speak hyperbolically, Lorette, but the first six eps of GX are the dopest shit I've ever seen. Wow. <laughs> and I replied, "You in all caps, you said you weren't going to string me along like this again. <laughs> <laughs> That's Monster Boy. Oh, no. And out comes Dirtbag Monster Boy. John, you should, li- John, you need to register that domain, dirtbagmonsterboy.com. So, this was true. The first six episodes are extremely dope. Yeah, they're like um, perfect. They're they're extremely good. Is the thing. It's yeah. just like the they introduce five new baddies basically. Mm-hmm. They completely deck all the main characters. Um, I, this is. I'm just gonna get a little spoiler. Is that okay? Look, Polly, don't give a shit at this point. Are you, do you give a shit, Polly? I'm. I will probably go back and watch at some point, but I'm. I, I've I've learned that like nothing in this show is really spoiler territory. I think. I don't think you're not going to remember what he says. A few I don't. Months later. I don't think that this is a show that does anything where I'm going to go. Oh no, that's a spoiler. I can never watch it now because the mystery of the show has been revealed. <laughs> that, honestly, it's extremely true. Like you might be able to tell oh, me, no, you might be able to tell me, you might be able to tell me something cool happens, but I can still see something cool happen and think that's cool. But you're not gonna like, it's not gonna be like coming in and like s- telling me the the secret to Umi Neko or something where it's like, oh, yeah. okay. They sing and they fight. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes they lose. Sometimes Miku they gets, win. Spoilers: Miku gets mind controlled and and has to fight Hideki, and then an episode later, everything is fine. Wait, again. No, no he's talking about G. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, okay. Rhett did show me a couple clips from Miku stuff in the last season. I was like, okay, I guess I'll go. I'll go. I guess I'll get this another shot. Um, <laughs> I had to tease it out for a fucking year. Jesus. Mm-hmm. It was that, and then also um, I had this thought playing Xenogears, where I had the thought, sometimes a story is just stuff happening, and that's okay. <laughs> and then that made me think of Simple Gear. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I see. I see how you. I see how you hooked in now. I see how you hooked in. That was honestly like the thought process was like, okay, if I can get go along with this, maybe let me give Simple Gear another shot. I thought um, so, the way you came into Simple Gear was, what if I just liked it this time? <laughs> what if I just liked it this time because of Xenogears? Um, see, so, see, Rhett, you have something to thank Xenogears for now. Yeah, it was so boring that, that John was oh. like, actually, I'll watch something better now. I'm going to... No, no! I'm going to remove Rhett from the duration of this call. <laughs> that, that, that line got a lot of laughs on the Simple Gear and Xenogears hater Discord. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a very specific Discord. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so, the first six eps, just extremely effective, scary villains. Mm-hmm. Um... Completely deck the main characters. Hibiki is out of commission for sort of contrived reasons. So it's like Goku. She's like in the back. Mm-hmm. Like wait. And then, but like everyone else is fighting. and But Hibiki can't show up and save the day. Um, and then Hibiki manages to show up like four episodes in. And is really triumphant. And she's super cool and awesome. And then she gets fucking decked. 
by the baddies. She still loses. She still loses, even though it's this big triumphant return. Right. Um, and it feel and it's real good. And it's like, okay, okay, I'm on board with this. And then it kind of ends abrupt, uh, ends a bit abruptly in episode six when they get their cool mm-hmm. power up, which is very cool. Um, it's a little bit edgy, which Ooh. I appreciate. Which I appreciate it. Um, and then beyond that, um, the baddies all pull back, and then it's just sort of a series of like four or five episodes where every episode it's like focused on one or two characters as they deal with some kind of internal problem. And then they get over that, and that enables them to fight one of the baddies and win. And then mm-hmm. fucking execute them. It's brutal. Uh, yeah, it's they, like they don't save team. the villains this time. Oh. No, they fucking <laughs> kill them. You got my attention. Um, you have my attention. Yeah. There's like a guillotine execution of a villain. It's like, oh, Jesus. Okay. There you go. They're dolls, that's fine. That's how you do it. Um, and, and that means that in all those episodes, it's... It's not focused on Hibiki. It's focused on the other characters and giving them little, like, side journeys that they go on in order to triumph over the villains. Mm-hmm. And then it has, like, a four-episode finale that goes really hard. As Simple Gear does. Yeah. As Simple Gear does. I, I DM'd Brett the same thing I did in the first season, which was like, how are there two more episodes? How is there that much more? They, I don't understand. It's like they beat the final boss, and there's a new final boss, and there's a new, new, new final boss. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think this season... Um, it has, it has that to deal with that expansion of the main cast. We're up; they're up to six main characters now, and I think they handle it pretty mm-hmm. well of having everyone get their moments. Yeah, I would say that it's not all focused on Hebe keeping cool. I would no. say, thank that is not Christ. The, there is, there is next to no Miku content. She is Aww. just nothing in this one. See, I think very unfortunate. I think she's in that first half a lot in a very good supportive role. She is kind of like in in a, house, as the housewife, as the nice housewife. When, off to the when side you have people. a show that is just awesome, magical girls, and you keep expanding that roster of main characters, Miku is mm-hmm. naturally the one that's going to get shoved out of the picture, despite her, despite her connections to yeah. uh, the main character. Like it's kind of like that's kind of like why I was just like kind of cringing a bit at the the roster expanding because it's like y'all already don't have enough time yeah. to handle that's the main three or four you already have give more time to chris god damn it that's all <laughs> i want that's all i they want kind of, they they kind of do they give chris an episode um and then i got completely swept up in the finale and had a good time with it mm-hmm. um a fun thing is that this episode kind of this season kind of has a theme themes it oh boy theme. <laughs> the reason the most of the simple gear fans don't like the season because of this uh-oh um, everybody's dealing with their daddy issues. Oh! Oh, I can see how that uh, It's not everybody, Tsubasa, it's specifically three characters. No, Tsubasa, the main villain, and Hibiki. Right. And we meet Tsubasa's dad, and we meet Hibiki's dad, and I actually really like Hibiki's dad's characterization, because he's just kind of a deadbeat. He mm. just kind of a He sucks. Mm. In, like, not an over-the-top Simple Gear way. He's just sort of, like... Like dirt baggy in a way that's like too grounded for a show like this, so it feels extra bad. No, but he's no, it feels, it feels, playful dirt bag. Ahead. Like oh. he, you know, he the kind of he asks her to pay for a bill at a restaurant and kind of laughs it off. Oh. Like yeah, he's not. He's a, like, hey, I didn't bring my wallet. It's it's just like he's a he's a loser. Yeah. Oh right, <laughs> not right, like, right. Not like um, not like evil. Just yeah. like okay, okay, crappy. All right. And she just kind of has to deal with that. 
which mm. is interesting. And it, it actually plays out over several episodes. Um, the Tsubasa stat is all one episode, and it is not handled well. Oh, John wow. had a great line about this. He goes, this is fate at 700 miles an hour. Oh, no! Oh, no! No, no, that, that that was referring specifically to the... This is a philosophical weapon that destroys oh. the concept of a sword. But that's, that, that's, that's the thing. That's also the same episode. Like, the Tsubasa episode, it's, it, its issue is that it's too it's too much for one episode. Because mm. they're having to deal with her fighting this villain and the whole philosophical weapon stuff. And on top of her daddy mm. issues that are being introduced for, like, the first time. Of... It's just a very packed yeah. episode, and that I think. Was, and that was sort of my overarching issue, is that it's still whenever it slows down and has like a quiet moment, mm -hmm. it feels like it's always like two minutes away from yeah. baddie showing up and everything exploding again. And that, that kept the, um, the story stuff, like even the Hibiki and main villain resolutions, mm -hmm. um, from really landing hard with me. Cause it just is, it feels a little like video game cutscenes, like a little bit between action set pieces mm -hmm. Where it's just like a little <clears throat> stilted, a lot rushed, and it's not quite giving me the feelings that I want. But I'm still being swept up in the spectacle of it, and that arc is still landing for me, which it didn't in G. So I still feel positive about it overall. Mm. Um, but I think it's fair to say that I finished Simple Gear GX, and I was like, oh, I could just start the next one. But then there was a little bit in my mind that was like, mm. I really liked how that season was all Magical Girl stuff as a way more than the previous ones. What if there was, you could just take out all the mecha <laughs> and <laughs> idol shit and just have the magical girl stuff. See, like that would be, just give like, it to me. That. Just make my Hime again. <laughs> raw. See, my, 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 I think my Hime is still too much mecha for John here. So? He wants so? the no, raw no, straight no, no, from no. the source magical girl. Mm. No, 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 Polly. None of this, none of this edgy for adults edgy adult deconstruction bullshit. We've all been there. We've done all... We watched Madoka. We watched fucking Flip Flappers. Ugh. We watched Gear. Throw all that in the garbage. Mm -hmm. Flip Flappers just... stinks. Flip Flappers is bad. The others are good. Well, the others are... Yeah, you know. Okay. Um, but... What if we just did Magical Girl stuff without all that bullshit? Mm -hmm. And then I started up a Preacher show. Oh, we're going like the the most saccharine, uh, the most con the yeah. most concentrated dose that you could possibly get. Yeah, the the one that's actually for kids. Yeah, the one that's actually for children. It's yeah. not instead a deconstruction. Of, the... It's just one hundred percent yo magical girls. Yep, for little kids. Mm -hmm. Yep, and that's really nice in a lot of ways because uh, there's a bunch of bullshit that comes with like. Grown-ups with adults being like, let's make this edgy magical girl show for, for adults. Right. Um, I literally watched a show called Magical Girl Raising Project that's just about them murdering each other. Jesus. Mm -hmm. Remember? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I that, you talked about that on the podcast. But I was just looking up shows that I had watched recently. I was like, oh, God. And just the name of it, Magical Girl Raising Project. And it's like, Whoa. so gross. Yep. Um, so I watched specifically Heart Catch Precure, which mm -hmm. I saw. I, I'm about halfway through. It's like 50 episodes because they're all like 50 episodes. Yeah. And they come out with a new 50 episode series Ugh. every single year. That's that's what keeps me from really ever considering jumping in is that it's long and there's a shows. lot. It's, it's separate generations. So you can just um, just watch one and you're still getting a full story. It's mm -hmm. not like it's not like you need to start at the beginning in order to get 
the whole experience. Like, oh, just jump in with one and see if that resonates with you. And this one did. Um, it re it's I'm about like I said I'm about halfway through. So what I what I don't know is if it's gonna land the big finale beats the mm. way that like mm. Sailor Moon does. Right. Um, that would be the ideal. Is if it just really tugged at my heartstrings and landed in a way that I really loved. Um, because that's the thing. I this isn't like new to me. <laughs> like I, I I watched three seasons of Sailor Moon. I watched the Tangled Show earlier this year. I watched I. Do extremely documented Adore Princess Tutu to death, which, oh, is, a, which is a great show. Man, I'm due for a rewatch on that shit. <laughs> it's real good, Bali. It's I, so I fucking good. It's so fucking good. At first, I was kind of um, shocked when John said to me he was watching Pretty Cure, and then I realized, like, all oh, right, Princess Tutu and Utena. Like, yeah. why did I ever think that magical girls weren't your thing? Right. Yeah, I, I kind of pro like I googled mecha anime, best mecha anime. And when I, after I was playing a bunch of Xenogears, and I was just looking at all these completely unfamiliar names, just like, I mean, or like barely familiar, like, oh, you, you want to watch Razafon, John? Or, oh, do you want to watch yeah. this Gundam blah, 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 or Macross blah, 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 or Gao Gaigar? Do you want to watch any of these shows you've never heard of, never, never touched? Um... And then I googled best magical girl shows, and it's like, oh, Sailor Moon, Princess Tutu, oh, all these other things I've heard of and or watched. Mm. Um, okay, so 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 like, Tango oh, yeah, Tango's seen Heartcatch, so so there you yep. go. Yeah, it was Heartcatch. Um, oh, Zach Saxon on it, cool. I, I feel was Zach one of our friends who um, was into Sentai stuff because that seems like a commonality there. I um, think so. I, I kind of recognized. We're, very repetitious, deliberately, very yeah. formulaic. Yeah. Um, and again, like I said, I just deep dived the Tangled show earlier this year, and I was like, okay, this is definitely for ten year olds. But <laughs> there's there's a number of um, there are several good points you get going to episodic kids show versus kind of a shows for adults, um, because when TV shows are episodic and formulaic. Um, with a show for with a show that doesn't have an, uh, an episodic structure that is just kind of very syndicated and just kind of flows from beat to beat that c can often lend itself to sort of a lack of discipline in making individual episodes of television that are compelling um, mm -hmm. that was sort of a lot of my problem just trying to jump in with like the Netflix show du jour is like okay we kind of just wanted to make a movie but now it's this 10 episode yeah. series and we're going to, like, have a really good couple first episodes and a pretty good finale, and we're just going to kind of stretch out the middle, and it's going to be fine. Um, whereas I like it when each episode is sort of its own little journey. Yeah. And you feel good about it. There's you definitely nice... an art to cramming a whole story into 23 minutes that seems impossibly yeah. difficult to me, so I'm always, like, impressed when it, pull, it it's pulled off really well. Mm-hmm. And that was a big thing I liked about GX is that it actually kind of went for that. It, instead of just mm -hmm. sort of being this string of plot happenings, um, it's sort of like we have this the beginning chunk, and then we have these episodic bits, and then we yeah. have the finale. And it was very clean and structured in a way that um, it wasn't in the previous two seasons. Yeah. So that's that's an allure. I, I being episodic and formulaic can have a lot of can be negative to it can kind of be boring sometimes when the repetition 
um, can weigh I think on specifically you specifically with like magical girl stuff, like monster of the week is like the worst thing. It feels like an insult, you know, like when people say that, do you agree? I get you. But if it's good, if it's good at handling yeah. that, then that can be a strength because every episode tells its own little story. Mm-hmm. Um, and heart gets Preaker is very much, if you watch Sailor Moon, you're, you, you're, it's familiar territory. Um, it's a master of the week show. Um, there's one really good hook to it that um, I really appreciate, which is that every episode it will introduce you to a character or bring back up a previous character um, that you're already familiar with, and mm-hmm. they'll have some hardship they're dealing with. And then instead of the monster of the week just being some random thing that the baddie crew generates, um, like Power Rangers or Sailor Moon is what I remember those yeah. shows being like. Or it's even like, like Power right, Rangers. Yeah, it's like some random thing. We're just going to have you fight this now. Um, but every episode is the monster of the week is a manifestation of someone's problems nice. of someone's bat- negative feelings it's like i am it's all, it's like a persona shadow that's a, that's, that's a lot of sailor moon like the sailor moon does that a lot i think okay it's been good. a long been a time since I, I watched sailor moon in the 90s yeah i feel like the it's third like season did that so. a little bit more where like they were collecting the dark hearts of people or something yeah okay good because that's that's a that's a big plus for me it's like okay and yeah. then so they'll have the have this setup and then they'll have the monster fight where the monster will be like shrieking i'm mad because my dad is paying more attention to his ramen shop and hasn't been coming to my baseball games <laughs> and it's like oh okay cool and then they um have a little payoff where it's like oh okay and here's how this resolves in a way that often feels a little mature and nice um where the this is the this is the extra thing is that it's not just because it's an episodic kids show um because it's an episodic kids show every episode kind of has like a nice little message to it mm. um and because it's an episodic kids show i think for girls there's a lot more of a focus on like in resolving interpersonal conflict by talking about feelings yeah like which i, I think there's more of that i think a lot of Japanese cartoons in general start dealing with, like, ways children can express feelings. Uh, and they try to deal with that at a very early age uh, in a lot of, like, the the, the, mm. the the stuff that's aimed for the younger set that I see. Uh, you get a lot of that, especially throughout the 80s and 90s. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of stuff for uh, kids these days. But I can't yeah. imagine those values have changed much. Uh, it's something that, that, that especially in, in Japanese cartoons that I noticed, uh, I'm not saying that other countries you know, don't. It's just something that I noticed that, like, they really, like, like you can find, like, episodes of shows for, for like, eight-year-olds that are, like, dealing with things like death. And it's like, you're not going to see that a lot of other places but um i do definitely remember seeing some like stuff aimed at the younger set that deals with stuff like divorce and and death and things like that and like that that, so so, so those themes coming up in this don't really surprise me yeah that happens in this show like there's an episode where um a little girl brings an offering to her to her mom's altar at their home 
and is like, here's a flower, Mom. Our sister said that you'd really like this. Yeah, you like, like it, Mom? they normalize things like... Respond, and then yeah. she starts to cry, and it's like, oh, yeah, it, oh my whole heart. The, 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 there are shows like this, a lot of them. Like, like, very early on, they normalize death as just a part of life, whereas that stuff gets real tucked away in Western media until, you know... You're hitting the teenager stuff, maybe. Um, but yeah, like death mm-hmm. is not a not something you're gonna tune in and and catch on, um, you know, like Dora the Explorer or some shit. <laughs> yeah, it feels it feels like a set of tools for talking about and engaging with feelings, mm-hmm. which is, which feels to me like sort of a high, an extremely high calling for a kids show to yeah, tackle. Absolutely. Um, and in the context of being entertaining TV. Yeah. Um. That, that was what Tangle kind of was earlier this year. That's what um, Steven Universe basically was. Oh, is. yeah, definitely. Hey, let's talk about, let's literally talk about feelings. And not like, we're just kids. now catching up to that, whereas this is something that I've witnessed in, 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 in anime for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. Um, and the, so that, those are all positive things. Um, and, and those arcs, like, really, really work for me and are, like, the highlight um, and then there's like one minute of actual action per episode mm. versus Simple Gear GX where there's like a little bit of that and then action, 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 action. So it it feels really nice. It really works for me. Nice. And the last thing is that there are like 50 screen cap worthy faces per episode. <laughs> it's just <laughs> very cute. It's just constant. Here, I'm going to upload a few of those. It it is wild how dense it is with like really great faces. Oh, so that's where this came from. Okay, yeah, yeah, these are good. Oh yeah. yeah. So Polly, you, I was actually interested in this show a while ago. Do you want to know why, Polly? Why? Because this show and Casher and Sins have the same character designer. What? Oh yeah. So there's one one oh. of the main villains in this. I know almost nothing about the show. One of the main villains in this though just looks like a Casher and Sins character, and that was almost enough to get me to watch it in like 2010. Almost, oh, but I'll just I'll just rewatch Casher and Sins because I ain't seen that yeah. one in a while. I think that's literally what I did instead because yeah. you know that was ten years ago. Yeah, like that show is really really <laughs> underrated and super good. But I just I confirmed it. it on my um, anime list that they do have the same character designer. That's incredible. Uh, I will say that when that villain gets introduced, um, she's pretty much the scariest anything. She has an asymm- She has a scary ma- a scary single magic eye and one wing, and she shows up and then completely wrecks the creature. And they use their super attack that they use at the end of every episode to defeat the monster, just like they do in Sailor Moon and Sentai shows and everything. Mm-hmm. And it always works, and that's that's how you know it's the end of the episode. And then she's just like, <laughs> holds up her wing and flashes it away. And it's just like, oh. When you build a really rigid formula and then break it for yeah, dramatic effect. The disrupting of that formula is always good. It's, yeah, it lands pretty hard um and there's one episode where she's just kind of like showing up very nonchalantly early on and then there's a couple episodes later she shows up and she's being serious and then (laughs) when she attacks it's like a completely new level of intensity to anything in the show Mm -hmm. up to that point and it's like oh shit oh man 
and I hope they I hope they talk to her and figure out her feelings so that they can resolve it, and it'll be really. And I hope it makes. Are they gonna hold hands? Because that's really what I'm into. I hope. I mean, that's important. That's the only way you can really, you know, solve these kinds of things. Their hearts connect through their hands. Yep. And song. Mm -hmm. So this is the Catherine Sins character, I think. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Nice. Yeah. Dark precure. Um. Says right in her name. So yeah, she's you know the evil one. So it's really nice. It's really nice because it's actually for kids. There's no like leering otaku element. Yeah. To it at Thank all. Like there are God. Like that. That, like that is a. Lot of these shows. That is a. That is a. That is a thing that I'm kind of just tired of at this point. Yeah. I'm just over it. Even if you go back to my first review of GX when I was first talking about Simple Gear, I was a little like, eh, they're leaning into fan service a little bit more on this one. It's kind of uncomfortable. Mm. Uh huh. Mm. And so I was coming to this and just being like, there is no... There's no... Zero horny, zero... Yeah, I saw that weird shot somebody posted of Chris, and it was just like, what are you doing? That shot is extremely oh funny. It's funny, <laughs> but it's very much meant to be a leering shot. It's like, it's not even mm -hmm. like two seconds long. I, In the context of the show, I never noticed it. Mm -hmm. and then, you know, when you just go through and frame by frame, you're like, oh, wow, that's really... Kind of almost, yeah, I could almost see the goods here. Um, I agree. Like, obviously, uh, uh, pretty curious not having poses like that. Thank God, because then we'd have a strike yeah, witches issue on our hands. Oh God. Nope. God. Even Sailor Moon had a little bit of that, and it was yeah. a little uncomfortable. Yeah, it wasn't comfortable. Just not. And is it just? Nope. Uh -oh. Just nice. It's just nice show for kids. Um, if it lands the finale beats, um, I will be really happy because i enjoy this a lot more moment to moment mm. than i do sailor than i did sailor moon yeah um part of that is that what they'll introduce side characters for these episodic bits and then they'll actually come back later for like another episode yeah. that continues their story as mm. opposed to sailor moon where the filler apps are just uniformly junk it's or or it's just like we're not gonna return to this this is just just kill time until we get to the next manga beat mm. um so i'm so yeah i'm really enjoying this i if if it lands the finale beats, I can see me being like, okay, this is a, a world of media I can see wanting to return to in like a year or whenever. Yeah. Um, I just well, want something comfy. A year when there will be a whole no, new one. Yeah. Actually, if they're doing 50 episodes oh, yeah, a year, that, like, that's, it yeah. just never stops. It's just, yeah, it's just a, a constant. Because I know mm. Hibiki's voice actress is in the new one, so people started yelling about it on my oh, timeline. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, you, I found out that Nanamizuki is the main character in Heartcatch Precure, who is also Subasa and oh. also Fate, Testarossa, <laughs> and also Rue from Princess Tutu. Just like literally typecast, just like the most typecast. I of mean, typecasting. Subasa is very different from those others. Yeah, well, yeah, she's she yeah, like Subasa is literally a piece of cardboard. <laughs> but she's not eight years old. But she's not eight years old, right? 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 Oh man, the dad, the daddy, the Tsubasa daddy issues episode is rough because it's all the meth themes ultimately, and this is why it's actually good that your dad is really mean to you. And it's like, oh, oh Simple oh. Gear does have a few. That's wow, that's like real that. Barfy. Haha, -ha, if your dad wasn't such a oh. shitty person to you, you'd be totally weak and awful. You should thank him for being such a scumbag. Mm -hmm. And the Hibiki stuff kind of touches on that a little bit. It's a little bit better about it. Mm. Um, but then Preaker is just like very nice moral perspective right right um so mm -hmm. this is get this is giving me this is like i got a hint of what it, 
I got the Simple Gear is good at very good at a bunch of other stuff, but there was like this one little. Like, I don't think this is something that, that wrecks like. the entire show, uh, as far as Taylor kind of pointing out in chat. Like, I don't think that this is something that wrecks the entire show. As far as just watch season one, I mean, I think that's... <laughs> maybe. That's maybe okay advice, because season two's writing is really bad. Um, but I, I haven't seen three, but John likes three and Rhett likes three, so I wouldn't say that... Yeah. I wouldn't say the conclusion is just watch Gear season one. I don't think the story beats are big and present enough and impactful enough that they would wreck the show. Yeah, the, the like, this sounds very one-off-y, like, like, this isn't something that I would say would wreck the yeah. show. And I, I say this as somebody that isn't really even in the simple gearhead space right now. Like, I'm just like... I, I laughed so much when John messaged me to say he'd watched the first six episodes of GX mm -hmm. because the, the issues everybody has with, with GX is in the back half. Mm. when it's the, those those specific episodes <laughs> right. so it's like yeah the first half is perfect uh, and then it lets you down yeah and i was like john's gonna fall off again i can't fucking believe this <laughs> here comes then, another five but then it turns out he was in for the magical girl one-off episodes weird there you, you go you never know and, sometimes and remember, um, yeah i'll it fit a pattern um <laughs> I, like i go on my mouth and my top five are like Utna, princess tutu monica yeah it's like, oh yeah yeah. Oh, I see. I yeah, this. Matt, Monica being your decade winner. Yeah, include the like that's girl stuff. Yeah, even though Monica is good enough mm -hmm. for like you know that crossover appeal. Yeah, yeah, and I, and not just the the edgy yeah. stuff, basically. Like, I mean, I can, again, you loved can, uh, Nanaha season one. I loved Nanaha season one. I went back and raised that. Up. I got peer pressured into giving that a lower score, and I went back and raised it. Who? Um, Definitely not me. I don't think. God, actually, I remember. Uh, but, I gave my season one a really low score. I gave it like yeah, I think well, I, you're I think like, I, oh, that first season is that first half is such it's dog so shit. It's so boring. Like, that it is half. that first half is not good. They they made a like, movie no, and they no, literally just skip that stuff. and get right to fate. Everything's fine. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Rhett watched Udna and was like two episodes in. They're doing gonna do this stair thing every episode. <laughs> I have so little patience. <laughs> That's one thing is that the magical girl transformations in Heartcatch are like eighty seconds or something. It is uh, a lot. So yeah. That's and that's they a have budget like thing. the forty second and they have like yeah, of course. And they have like the forty second super attack. Taylor so says Taylor thing. says that Precia Testarossa is the worst anime parent. Let me introduce you to the parents from Shinsekayori. Oh god. <laughs> Please go watch from the new world, uh, the the true anime of the decade. Yeah, it's. I will there. say, Simple say Gear like has some pretty bad dad. It's at least number two. <laughs> Fate Fate Testarossa parent is like the parent that it Fate's arc in season Fate's arc in um, Nanoha is literally like Chris's arc if it had room to breathe. So it's like, yeah. oh okay. I uh, think like I think what I figured out ultimately with Simple Gear. Is that man? I just like Chris a lot, and if they would just give her her own show, I would watch that in a heartbeat. Because I just think that she is a very good, interesting character, and I liked her origin story a lot. Uh -huh. um, and just the fact that they, they, I I know she's not going to get that kind of attention ever again just kind of bums me out. I think that's really my issue with the show, honestly. I get everybody you. loves Chris, and they didn't capitalize on that. Yeah, like she's by far the most popular. You. Oh wow, that's funny. 
Yeah, that actually surprises me. Chris is by far the most popular, followed by Hibiki and uh, Kirika. Mm. No, I think Subasa and Maria are like the least popular. Oh well, one. I mean, you're literally talking like (laughs) you're literally talking sawdust and cardboard. That's that's those two characters. That's their gimmick. John said something to me that made me so happy that he doesn't hate Maria as much after GX. She has, like, an episode where she has, like, a little story, and it's, and it's like, it does something. You do a thing. Some, there's something that. here. Mm. It did something. I appreciate that. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's going to keep posting good <laughs> faces. I know. you keep just, Like, this doesn't work if it's just in here, John. Nobody can see these but us. And well, I'm not real. I'm not relaying these to chat. Like you've posted twelve of them so far, and it's just like, yeah, these are great, but they're not helping the chat at all. Fair. All right. So that's my magical girl. Nice. Um, hour. Hopefully, maybe we'll return. Good. Um, Good. I like magical girls are way better than mechs, obviously. Of course. Um. <laughs> Polly. Yo. What have you been up to? No magical girls. None. <laughs> I'm, I'm was, there any, was there was there no, anything? I did. I mean, okay, we finished. I if there was we, we 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 played through the next uh, our answer arc for Higurashi. Uh, we did Sumi Horiboshi, which is uh, Renegade, 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 Renegade. This is the one everybody kind of looks forward to. This is kind of the this it, it, anime wise. This is kind of the uh, the climax of season one. This is the arc that you go in when you notice what this series is doing. <laughs> When you and you notice, like, oh, everybody's getting an arc, and everybody's like, oh, Ren is the best character. Oh, Ren is getting an arc. You, you know, you're. This is what you're. <laughs> this is what you're signing up for. Uh, you, you're signing up mm-hmm. to get to the end. So, um, uh, so we'll be doing a, a spoiler cast for both Mayakashi and Sumi Horoboshi at the end of the week uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Sayara, Raven, oh. and Jetstorm. Uh, where we will go over this in a much more detail and a much more spoiler-fied manner. But but, but, but we can talk about this uh, on the surface, because Rhett's been going through it as well. He's been kind of uh, living... We have to talk very carefully. We have to talk very carefully, um, because there are things that we know that we can't really allude to, but we can say, huh, that's weird. Um so, Sumi Horiboshi is Renegade. Uh, we, we, we have this game. It's got more of a dual perspective where we're, we're, we're both in Keiichi's head and Rena's head. Whereas, uh, sort of like the, the, the uh, Mayakashi arc was mostly all from Shion's point of view. Um, and and the, thing yeah. about, the thing about the answer arcs is, is that each one does something different and unique with the idea of what an answer arc is along with kind of how it's structured as well. So, like, with Mayakashi, it's the most direct answer to another one of the arcs. Like, it's literally Watanagashi yeah. from the other character's point of view. Um, whereas mm-hmm. Tsumi Horoboshi is the answer arc to Onikakushi, but not in a direct way. So, we get the same mm-hmm. kind of story beats uh, that you, you, you get familiar with coming from uh, Onikakushi, where you've got a character who... They they start out. They're in this position of man, life's awesome, and I love it here. Um, and then something happens that kind of sends them flying off into a direction that's probably not the best. Uh, you get a, you start getting a feeling early on things are gonna go bad. Uh oh, somebody's making some bad decisions. Somebody made a big bad decision. Uh-oh. 
Um, <laughs> Rena makes only extremely well thought out decisions. Rena makes. She's very analytical and. Rena is anal- like the reason that it's fun is because that like we establish throughout the cor- throughout the course of this story that Rena is really smart and logical. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's very good at putting things together and and like that's especially like in things like Watanagashi where she literally is just like so close to one hundred percent solving it. Um, uh, she gets close, but she doesn't get all the minor details. There's one minor mm-hmm. detail that she didn't get. Uh, so she, they establish her as this really smart, logical, level-headed character who's now being thrown into um, this very kind of uh, scary world of paranoia and 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 the, the, the kind of stuff that you know this, this series does. These characters are going to end up in a real bad mental place, and we of course find out a lot about her past, which is again like all of these characters have got some baggage. Uh, and um, mm-hmm. Rena's is, of course, very Rena grounded. Does. Like hers is very grounded. It's grounded. Ugh. It's grounded in divorce. Uh, it's very, very. It's rough if you've been through that, or 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 if you know people that have gone through that. Because again, much like Tatari Goroshi, which dealt with child abuse, mm-hmm. it's it's coming from somebody that really understands whether through experience or just being able to be empathetic to that situation. So Ryukishi yeah. has always been really smart about writing about things like this, uh, especially in this series. He's like, he's mm-hmm. proven to handle this stuff with a real delicate hand in presenting it and it not being exploitative. So you get a lot of this, the, 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 the harsh stuff mm-hmm. that she comes from and, um, so, so the cool thing about this though is like they're like like I said, each 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 answer arc has its own little gimmick, and when you do the first perspective shift to Rena, her text is pink. And it's like, oh, that's cute. Like we haven't oh, done yeah. that before. That's interesting. Is, and is it, it pink right at the very start? Yeah, it's pink right at the start. Like huh, right the first okay. time, like when they when they're doing the the dessert festa and like they make the quick shift to oh, her. Right. It, it, it's been Keiichi the whole time. Yeah, okay. yeah. You start out the arc as Keiichi, and then they make the jump to Rena's head, and like the text is all pink, and it's like, oh, that's cute. Um, and then like as she starts kind of going down this road of, uh oh, things might not be so good. Her text starts changing color, and it starts getting progressively dark and and, and redder, and it's and it's such, <laughs> it's such. A cool little thing that only a visual novel can do. Yeah. Where they're really expressing, like, just how far gone she is by, like, the color of her text. Uh, every time you're in narration or when people are talking to her as well. So that, like, gets your brain to think, like, well, are people really saying what they're saying? Or is it just kind of, the, or is it through her interpretation of it? Mm-hmm. And you get that cool, like, dichotomy with how it ties to Oni Kakushi. Um,. And just all in all, um, another bang up job. Like there, this is this one has a, an an iconic climax uh, that yeah. they they knock I remember that. little bits and pieces, and I'm really excited to see mm-hmm. how that goes um, from that yeah. perspective. Yeah, in visual novel form with more build up. Oh yeah, this excited. just dramatically more build up. Like th- watching this arc, and I'm not even that close to the end. I've got. Polly did like a three-hour episode and a four-hour episode. Yeah. So I'm towards the start of that. Like, it's already started to make me kind of like disappointed in how the anime adaptation went with yeah. just how much they had to kind of cut and trim yeah. from it. 
Yeah, like Mayakashi, like like when they when they trimmed Mayakashi, like they did it with a lot of repeated footage. Mm-hmm. And with Mayakashi, they dropped some very important plot details as well. Um and you get that yeah. you get that in Sumi Horoboshi as well. You get the heart of what's going on, but there are moments that you run into where it's just like they're weaving some things in very clearly in the visual yeah. novel where they didn't take they didn't they either didn't have that time to do so which these are things that will connect to the last two arcs that make them make a little more sense um they didn't they either didn't have the chance to work that stuff in or they didn't put it in because they weren't confident they were getting a second season and they just used Sumi Horoboshi's climax as like oh well here's your nice big set piece climax for our 26 episode yeah. anime mm-hmm. So when they like went on to do Kai, they had to do a lot. They had to like throw five episodes in to do like a bunch of catch up to kind of weave those details in really fast before we jump to the next arc. Yeah, <laughs> the fact that there's a scene from this arc that they cut originally mm-hmm. in season one and then just had to kind of stick into season two because it's real important. It's a very like, important scene. It's literally like the it, scene where it's like, oh, that's what this game is. It's the literal the answer. Yeah, but the fact that, like, I didn't actually remember it being that way mm-hmm. just because they had eventually animated it, and yeah. when Polly was like, that's not actually in season one, I was just like, oh my god, right, they fucked up, huh? Like, like, the it, thing, yeah. yeah, go ahead. The red text thing is so funny to me because, it, like you said, it's a thing they can only do in visual novels, mm-hmm. and how Umineko also plays with color text a significant amount. It's real interesting when you think of it in that, like, because red text in Umineko, like, we can go ahead and say, like, that's absolute truth. Yeah. Like, when somebody speaks in red, they're, oh, they can only use red text for truth. So, yeah. so it's funny when Rena's text starts going red and you have that that knowledge from Umineko where she's like, where she's yeah. saying, where she's spouting off some real insane bullshit. Because yeah. the whole meme in, for Umineko was say it in red. Like, yeah. To yeah. prove it's true. Yeah. But then when Umineko got an anime, the red text was so important that they had to try and adapt that. Yeah. And it was pretty goofy. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty dumb. I think it just appeared in words behind them. When yeah, they talked, like it like, was like this CG kind of text appearing behind characters and whooshing in and out of the scene. It was yeah. They tr- look, you can't make a series like you, you can't make Umineko work in, the, in an anime yeah. format. You just can't. So for in Higurashi, where it's not like critical to the story, but it's something you just could not get across with yeah. the visual novel medium. Yeah. Where I think Miyakashi mm-hmm. also suffered from just not being in Xion's head the entire as, time as deeply yeah uh because with, she, they just 100 percent cut all of her internal narration and like the like Xion's internal narration is what makes mayakashi what it yeah, is it's like, the story it's the story it's a very losing that like like i think that that makes it just kind of like the worst uh of, of the first season like I, I always considered it the worst because it was just a lot of recycled footage anyway mm-hmm. because they just took watanagashi footage and spliced it in to a few new yeah. scenes here and there to kind of make it work um and i understand that that's both budget and maybe we didn't think we were getting a second season so maybe these bigger details don't matter but when you read Mayakashi and you see how deep the stuff that Xion's going through goes, she gets so shortchanged in the anime. It's mm-hmm. so bad. Like she is, she is an amazing character. 
yeah. and you and you don't get cool. that at all in 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 the anime. Yeah, so I'm really loving like seeing things through Rena's head this time. Oh God, yeah, like, as she falls for these conspiracy theories, yeah, really hard. Oh man, she oh. hook, line, and sinker, and it's just oh, it's the situation. Like like she has no choice but to feel the way she does, uh, and mm-hmm. and it's always justified and it makes sense. Yeah. Like, even at its most absurd, it's like, yeah, okay, of course it's fucking aliens. Why not? You are li- You are so far out of your gourd at this point, you saying aliens doesn't even, doesn't even fucking register as a blip now. One other thing I wanted to Something. mention real quick. Mm-hmm. The, the start of this arc hit me really hard, because you mentioned how Rena's backstory stuff. Yeah. This was a one-two punch for me, because it not only, like kid going through a divorce Mm -hmm. really affected me and you know related to her story but then also the part where dad is bringing over a new girlfriend Uh, and you you just hate them yeah and they hate you and you're just kind of like playing nice but you know you hate each other yeah that also really 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 related to and i was just like oh man this is this is the worst (laughs) i hate this yeah (laughs) yeah like like I, I've always liked Rena as a character already, like, just because, you know, just felt a connection to her for some reason. Mm-hmm. And, and like, again, this is a situation where it's just, like, the visual novel just made me love her even more. Oh, um, best girl. And, 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 and with on like, I feel like I got to know another character so mm-hmm. much more. And it's like, she yeah. shot so far up the ranks for me. Um... I always like, love Xion, but that's because I'm an awful person. Yeah, you're an awful person. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's, hey, hey, high five. We're <laughs> um, this was, Meikashi was, um, uh, I think, 16-year-old John's favorite. <laughs> and, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited for these two arcs, because I remember, like, the highlights mm-hmm. and them hitting so hard. As oh, can. John, John, um, you aren't ready. Just gonna destroy me. You aren't ready for how fucking hard these two arcs go in visual. Like, the anime uh-huh. is just like, the anime is the lightweight shit. Yeah. Like, it's good, mm-hmm. and it'll get you in, and you'll get the gist of the story, and I still think it has impact. The visual novels just give it so much more life. Like, these two arcs in particular. That's my experience with the question arcs. Yeah, like these two arcs in particular, though, are just they hit so much more with with the added context of mm-hmm. being in that character's headspace and not having to be like, y- not having to work within being an anime and told from a yeah. third person perspective, um, and Plus, being on the outside. The way Polly is playing it is with the voice acting patch for Ooh, from yeah. for those actors oh, from the TV boy. series, which Ooh, I think boy. gives an extra bit of oomph, especially. Some parts of Miyakashi were just incredibly rough. Jesus Christ. Voice acting added in. Man. Oh, God. Like, it's been that way the whole time, though. Like, Tatari Garoshi had a lot of that, where it was just like, oh, God, this voice acting is literally gutting me. Um, Miyakashi, definitely. Um... But I know John was playing it, you know, pure. Yeah, he's he's using it. Yeah, yeah. And and it'll still hit. Well, not the music. No, not the music. I just went with the steam music because I didn't know uh, I needed to patch that. Mm. Oh well, I think the um, I think the answer arcs they had already moved over to original music. So yeah, it's yeah. Around very much on the steam version. Just yeah. for me personally, the voice acting is very important. Yeah, and the fact that those voice actors have all been doing those characters since the original anime, and they're going to be doing them in the remake. Yeah, like that's incredible. Like that's, that's so cool. It's, it's the same entire cast coming back and doing everything again. Like they've. 
it, like you've got to have a love for this kind of role to come in and throw you, put your voice through some of the shit that they have to. <laughs> Satoko's voice actress yep. is just like, God, God. <laughs> God. <laughs> just I don't know how you continue to put yourself into that headspace <laughs> mentally and have to do that. Just the wailing and the crying, Jesus Christ, and she's so good at it. She's way too good at it. Yeah, like. Like, like, Satoko started out as Garbage Goblin because it was ha-ha funny, and then by the time we got to her arc, we were just like, we are so sorry for our words and deeds. <laughs> I'm so excited to play more of this. Like, you, I just, like, needed a yeah, break, and you I'm just plowed like, through those first Yeah, you, you, like, Mayakashi is going to be wow, your shit. You are going, you are going oh, to... Yeah. You're going to be coming buckets the whole time. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, I, I went to the bathroom and I finished and I probably came back early. <laughs> you went to the bathroom and you finished. Wow. Man of many talents. Oh, it's she on top. Mm, that'll do it. That'll do it. I'd go to the murder basement I with Shion. Like Why not? I love Miyakashi, but Kechi's so stupid. Why would you do that? <laughs> so anyways, we're pretty sure you killed these two people. I'll go hang out with you alone. Yeah, this is a smart idea. This is the good play. The I was... I, was I, I watched the original show, and I saw him, and he said yes, and I was like, of course, you gotta. Yeah. You give her the toy. You need to be nice. Yeah. You, you owe this to her, basically. That's when John believed in you love. You owe this to her. <laughs> I believed in love. And they got to the bottom of the world and was just like, oh, no. Oh, mistakes were probably made. I mean, she definitely didn't because say murder was... basement. She probably said murmur basement. Yeah, murmur like basement. Yeah, like... We're just going to talk quietly in here. Yeah, that's all in it. Yeah. <laughs> because he, in Onikakushi, everything went to shit because he didn't trust his friends. Uh, actually, that actually, okay. That's fair. So now in Watanagashi, he's going to trust his friends. And yeah, he's going to make everything I think okay. that that's a fun, way, a, th a fun way of playing. It's like, okay, the first answer obviously wasn't mistrusting your friends. Let's try <laughs> yeah. fully trusting our friends no matter what. Yep. Like, the, I think each, each arc is showing you a different set of options. They're, yeah. they're, but they're making the decisions... The, they're making the visual novel decisions for you. Yeah. There's definitely... Mm. I'm not going to go into specifics, but I think there was an interesting thing that they did by having Miyakashi precede Sumi Horiboshi. Mm -hmm. That's uh, all. Okay. I know. <laughs> because information you've gotten in the previous arc yeah. really informs the mm -hmm. second one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even though, like, it is a little weird that Miyakashi, you know, they could have gone in the opposite order, I think. Yeah. Like, if they were just doing one-to-one -one matching yeah. the, the question arcs. Mm -hmm. But they mm -hmm. didn't. They did Miyakashi first. Mm -hmm. Interesting. It's good stuff. Yeah. It's really it is, I, man. This series is a lot smarter than you realize until you until you read the visual novels. And then there's just some really smart ways that Ryukishi plays with deception mm -hmm. and leading you down one way that might be the right path, but also saying, How, "What if that's totally crazy too?" It's just this non mm -hmm. nonstop mental game. Yeah, it's real good. Yeah, I wonder if he was like. 
it has such a good heart yeah. to it. It's so like, genuine. That's, that's the big thing that comes across mm-hmm. coming across coming from other VNs from around the same time. Yeah, it's just like oh, this is actually nice. Yeah, this actually has like a really good heart to it, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. I wonder if he was like mad when the anime was super popular, but then people were just like, "Ha ha, killer lolis." I mean, yeah. I, as I think, anybody who kind of puts in, I can't. I obviously can't speak for yeah. it. But I can say that if somebody reduced something, like like when my site gets reduced to that Final Fantasy article mm. site, like I understand why that would make people angry because Higurashi yeah. is obviously obvious. It's obviously also trying to impart something onto the reader. Uh, but it's using its violence as a means to sort of get there and to show you what not to do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, I think that that pro like, I think there's a part where it's OK to enjoy Higurashi for that stuff, because I think mm-hmm. that the violence is fun. It can be. I think there's nothing wrong with reveling yeah. in that. Yeah. Um, but you can but like I don't know how you could watch and enjoy it only as that since it's not really a whole bunch of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I went to um Higurashi like not long after Elf and Lead. And like that's oh, a stark contrast. That's yeah. <laughs> hey, how do how do we feel and, about like, how do we feel about Elf and Lead these days? Because I know that like I haven't revisited it's got a positive so. review on my website. Oh boy. Um, let's just not touch that. No, let's touch it. Let's touch it. I want to talk about it. I think it's good. It's fun. like, look, I ain't got nothing else to talk about this episode, so why not? How do we feel? Like, looking back, okay, like, this was, I am unashamed to say, it was basically the anime that got me watching anime again in 2006. And me. We did it together. So. Yeah, like, and, this... And, and, yeah, and me. Like, <laughs> I watched Death Note, and then, like, cool, this was fun. And then I watched Elf and Lead, and I was like, oh... Okay. <laughs> like the very first thing that you get, this. like the very like that opening scene of the the murder oh, rampage. Mm-hmm. That's iconic. I'm sorry. Like that. The it's rest of that iconic. show. The rest of that show. But most of the rest of that show could be complete dog shit. But that opening scene to me is one of my favorite things animated. It's just really well done. It's ugly. It's violent. It's it's put together in a way that's meant to be imposing and to make a fucking point right off the bat. It's I mean, so yeah. <laughs> good. It's so good. And then there's the uh, the, the other moment in that series, which is only in the fucking OVA. See, that's... Honestly, this is my biggest issue with the show. Yeah. Is, like, is putting the kind of emotional core of the show in the fucking side episode. Yeah, like, why she is doing everything she's doing and why she is approaching it the way she is doing it is because she made a promise to somebody to just whittle everything away from their world one by one and never touch them. Because she stops right in front of the dude. In that opening fucking rampage she goes on, she stops right in front of him. After like... After killing 45 people! And like his secretary, I think. And his personal secretary right in front of him! That... She stops right in front that's of this motherfucker. Rough, that's such a rough moment because it's like it's so good. That's such a rough moment because it's like oh, it, they introduce like a cute, endearingly clumsy character. Oh yeah, and yeah. Like, oh okay. And you and think then, that that's gonna oh. be oh no? She just gets her head twisted off like a little <laughs> like a she gets her head popped God. like a fucking pimple, <laughs> uh, and she does it right in front of the dude and just 
stares him down. She could take him out at any moment. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why not take the shot? And then you get the entire emotional core in this episode that is just buried. Like, I don't even think it's on the, the U.S. DVDs at all. It's not. That's why I was, like, so mad. Like, I, it was like, I can't w- buy part of the show. Yeah. Like, it's, especially it's like, when that episode is so important because it's, like, the reveal of yeah, why like they, this all happened. They tortured her for years. And she just makes the promise to take everything away from him that he's ever loved and leave him alive. And, like... That needed to be in the show! But instead, you get so, the, the yeah. really crappy new stuff, and it's awful. All the harem bullshit. The happen. harem bullshit, the, the weird cousin love thing. Oh, just oh God, please. I know. There's so much of that show that I would leave on the cutting room yeah. floor. Yeah. This would be that, a five-episode series by the time we got done with it. And it's like, that's already a show that cut a ton of, like fetish stuff from the bank god hey me and john read that oops it's unfortunately boy there's a lot of pee in that manga uh, so i th- it's like there's a there's manga. a cool core revenge story there yeah surrounded by a lot of bullshit yeah yeah. Like, I would be scared to revisit it just because I'm significantly more sensitive to that kind of stuff and now. like the, the opening the opening is incredible like the OP, yeah. like that opening, the opening theme, scene and the opening animation, and the opening animation that goes with it. It, it set like, it tries to get across all of that emotion that you're supposed to be getting from the show when like probably sixty five to seventy percent of the show the character is not like that. Got it. I forgot about that. <laughs> That's pretty big too. Yeah, like most of the show, she is just kind of turned into this helpless yeah. anime damsel. Who's the most dangerous person in the world, basically, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's just... Oh, there's, like, the showdown in the junkyard a couple episodes in. Yeah. There's some good shit in there, at least. There's good... Like, look, look. Me and Rhett made Elfin lead... AMVs? Anime AMVs back in the day! Oh, not Elvis. AMVs. We can just say this is a show we watched, like, 15 years ago. It's fine now. We yeah, kids. we watched it 15 <laughs> years ago. I reviewed it probably 10 years ago on the site when we kicked off the anime portion yeah. of the site. Um, I yeah. revisited it. watched it 15 years ago. You were my age. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> John, you would still... So John can watch it and still be into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I do I... Re- remember visiting it once. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I see what I saw on this. But then, yeah, maybe the boring stuff was worse yeah. than I remembered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's there's a core gem in there that I still like, I think. Yeah. yeah. Y'all got into Elfin Lead at 2526, and I got into Type Moonshit at 2526. <laughs> those can be our shames. There you go. <laughs> So sorry for that. So sorry for the little diversion. Sorry for the no, little diversion. Fine. But it felt like no, you know no, what? Not a problem. I don't. I have very little left too. I gotta go. All right. Well then, rats. Hello. You splunking over there? I did something besides splunking. Amazingly, you, you did something other than splunking. What could it possibly have been? Uh, so there are times. Actually, d- deciding how I want to frame this. So when I bought this game, oh, you jacked off a lot. I did that too, but that okay. was this weekend. Mostly. But that's that's um, okay. A couple weeks ago, there was a game I purchased, and I was like, "Oh, that'll be the great, perfect follow-up to when I finished Tokyo Mirage Sessions." <laughs> and then that didn't happen. And then this game shows up in the mail. And I go, "Oh fuck!" 
I bought Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Oh! <laughs> like two days after Splunky 2 came out. And I was like, oh, oops. Oh. <laughs> Don't care about you this right now. for it. You, they got, they got me. They got they you. Got you. Huh? fucking... Oh my god, that's fucking stupid limited release thing. Yeah. Got everybody to yeah, buy physical. This is thinking, oh, it'll be rare someday. It'll be rare someday. Now, it was like the number one seller in the UK. Yeah. It's like, this game's not going to be rare someday. No. I, I kind of looked for them to pull back on this bullshit, too. Like, it, it's gotten such a bad fucking. Like, it's got such bad press. I don't see how. Oh, you know. Oh, I mean, you want to talk about bad press. I'll get to the PS5 later. Oh, oh boy. Oh, man. I know, anyways, I know some stuff about that. But go ahead. Go ahead. So, I was like, well, I got Mario's now. Mm-hmm. But but I've also got Splunky 2. Right. And then there were just a couple of evenings where Splunky 2 made me so mad that I was like, I need something else. Mm. So, I popped in Mario 64. Oh, okay. And okay. That, that, that game's really good. That game Amazingly, right? I, I replayed that game a couple years ago, and I had yes. a good time. I did, too. I really liked it, too. My first hour with it was a little rough, because I was like, oh, my God. What yeah. the fuck is this camera? Yeah, the camera. Like, I'm surprised they didn't make any kind... They didn't do any kind of work to this, other than, like, upgrading the UI, the UI elements a bit. Higher res textures, I think. A couple, like, they added some polygons yeah. to the models, maybe... I don't even know if they added polygons to the models. They definitely improved textures. That's right. The one yeah, thing, the textures whatever. are cleaner. Textures are way cleaner. They're still not even like great, but they're like they're probably original source assets. That oh they yeah, from yeah. Ninety six. Yeah. Like Mario's mustache is cleaner now, or like some of the decals in like the Boo area mm-hmm. are much better. Like that stuff jumps out a little bit to me, but I think it's all tastefully done so that it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a fan mod, right? Because someone who was like. Oh, check this out! It's Super Mario PC in 60 FPS with all new textures, and it just doesn't look right. There's something like, odd. Like I think it's an impressive achievement. Yeah, I think that it's just kind of it, it just rubs. It doesn't rub me the wrong way. It's just maybe too uncanny valley or something. I don't yeah. know. Just how they make it look like Wind Waker, basically, where everything is just super garish, bright, and shiny, and like mm-hmm. smoothed over. And I think so. I think Nintendo has done the right thing here by just presenting the game as it was, based as basically as you remember it. Yeah. While while actually touching it up a little bit, like even just putting it in you know higher resolution, Mm -hmm. does a ton of the heavy lifting. Yeah. Because I I was looking up. I pretty much want it to be as I pretty much would want it to be as much a straight emulation as possible. So that it's not a lot as good. It's just pretty much straight up. They again a few textures are better. It's straight emulation. Yeah. They the text is edited to reference the controller you're actually holding. Yeah. That's it. So they're telling you, you know, press B to jump. It's not A anymore. Oh my god. <laughs> Beat the game with zero A presses. Dang. Uh <laughs> but yeah, the camera is weird, especially because you're using a stick to control it and not oh, the C buttons. Yeah. yeah so like okay. that would be weird. There's also that weird thing you have to realize like oh it's only going to register the four cardinal directions like, certain angles like you're not going to get you're not getting specific angles with this no you press left and it goes and it to moves like 45 degrees or whatever yeah and 90 percent of the times it just beeps at you and goes no <laughs> so lock two, two can't do that <laughs> he can't move not not in his, not in his contract 
Yeah. I love the room with the mirror where you can see him. Yes! It's so good! Because I'd forgotten about that, and it's, like, you know, relatively deep into the game, so, like, I was like, oh, right, they're playing up this thing that they mentioned. Yeah, uh, that's always been a cute conceit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one is playing 13 Sentinels. I yet, want to, but... though. I'm buying that very soon, but uh, Cold nice. Steel 4 Cold Steel Four might take oh, precedence fuck. over that first. But when I'm definitely... I am playing so 13 much. Sentinels this year. Uh, yeah. Cold Steel 4 is the 22nd or the 29th of uh, October. October, okay. Yeah. I, for- I legit forgot there was a month between now and November. <laughs> Dude, how could... You know... What is time? Christ. What is time, Rhett? What is time? I don't know. Anyways, uh, so the camera in Mario 64 does not hold up. No. Which, fair, because they invented that thing. Yeah, like it... You <laughs> like, you have to expect it to I be what it is. the movement, though. But the movement, yeah, the movement has its own heavy weightiness mm-hmm. has some heft, that I don't think you get in the other Mario games. No. It feels so different from like 3D yeah. and whatnot, which is like very snappy. And, you know, you can actually snappy. This make like... the jumps you want to make. You know, like Mario has a lot of momentum where like when you're running in yeah. one direction and quickly pull back, he's going to take that like, you know, you're going to dig his mm-hmm. heels in to kind of like make the turn. And then, yeah, yeah it's, it's got a satisfying little bit of chunk to it. Yeah. It's kind of like I've seen people complain about NES Super Mario Brothers. Like, oh, Mario's so heavy in this. It's like, that's kind of the point. Yeah. Like, I think there is, again, like uh, Super Metroid, where controls that don't completely obey you yeah. to give wef- heft to the character, yeah. I think, can be good. A little more interesting. Yeah. Like, Super Metroid, Mario 1, oddly enough, and I think this all kind of have that heaviness to the character. Yeah. But I also think this mm-hmm. game is at its best when it's, like, not trying to be a platformer. Yeah, like, the platforming stuff can be a little demanding at times, but it's more yeah. about just kind of, like, the exploration of of the space and how they can mm-hmm. do fun things inside of that. Yeah, so that's... Yeah, to me, it felt like this game where you're just exploring a bunch of really beautiful little 3D diorama worlds. Exactly, like... And the, and the stars are an excuse for that. That's what I like about this most coming back to, is like, oh, it's just... It's an exploration game. Yeah. And not in the sense that Odyssey is, because Odyssey has a thousand boons you know yeah they're fucking yes. everywhere so there's no and it when you were in the, when you're in the post game in odyssey they literally put them on a mini map that you can look at and go oh it's there you have to and like just... do a little futzing around in super mario 64 like it's actually comes from an area of games where it's just like you had to figure it out like you get the you get the hint and they don't even do a yeah. zoom in to show you where the star is, like they, they do. They don't even do a zoom in like they do in Sunshine and Galaxy. Yeah, like it's or just like Sunshine. it's like here's a little hint to, at what to do. They'll usually point you in the right yeah. direction, and then you just got to figure out how to get there. And they're, I don't think they, yeah. and, so, and some they, of them are just like little mini goals, like make the fucking Bowser a slide puzzle. Just run over some I, tiles for a bit. That one's actually a red coin, so it's like soup. It's not hidden at all. Yeah. It's just do the red coins in this level but yeah each world just has uh six stars and one for getting 100 coins and one of them is always red coins that's like five little puzzles yeah or goals to do so it's i'm surprised how quickly you can bang bang those out like but even then like there's just a little bit of mystery and puzzle to each one yeah that i just felt wasn't there in odyssey yeah because in odyssey Mm -hmm. wet dry world um, when I played Wet Dry World, mm-hmm. for, and I figured out the red coin 
is a whole little different area in there and when the figuring out how to get there yeah it was it felt that was like the the big standout moment for me on my replay was just like oh there's just just this whole thing here yeah i only know about it because i really explored and this feels so nice i love this for some reason wet dry world was like my favorite one as a kid even though it's like intentionally empty and kind of creepy devoid of life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then yeah you go through the thing and there's just like this abandoned city on the other side of the map and you're just like what it's just, it's that mystery and exploration i think is the best part of that game yeah even though mm-hmm. i think and it's something something world kind of touched on mm-hmm. because it when it was focused a little more on exploration and then they just kind of pulled back and yeah. made that the whole game basically yeah and they made swimming levels fun yeah, I love the swimming levels in 64. I saw someone complaining that they the swimming feels extremely good, but they don't actually really do anything interesting with the swimming, You're, which yeah. I kind of get. Yeah. But, like, again, it feels very good. It's yeah. very... It, again, it has that heft. Yeah, it, t- really it takes you a couple seconds to get the hang of it because it, it, it's still a little unorthodox when you mm. first get, get behind it. But when you like when you figure it out, when you get the right rhythm for swimming, when you figure out how to yeah. turn, like, it, it's, it feels fine. Yeah. Oh no, it feels fantastic. Yeah, like those well, those water levels are really nicely put together. Yeah. And they have beautiful. They have that beautiful music. And oh yeah. 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 Oh. Like I can One literally I, hear yeah. it. I can literally hear it in my head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then you get on on land and it adds the drum beat. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. This game holds up, except for the camera. This, this did yeah. make me. I think this made me the, want to re. Seeing all these this, clips maybe want to replay yeah. 64. That, that's the other thing that I thought was extremely funny is like this like Super Mario 64 never really left the public consciousness because of speedrunning. Yeah, no. It's like yeah. we've seen mm-hmm. we've seen people playing this game for, you know, 25 years. I guess 24 since it came out, but yeah. you know. But like having people like me and just other, you know, people playing it for the first time practically since it came out and just posting these 30 little set these little 30 second clips of dumb shit that happens. Yeah. That's just such a weird, like game out of time moment. Yeah. Where it's like old, ver- old meets new of like, you know, this game from 96, but now you're able to just po- immediately post a video of it of like, here's a weird way I bonked and hit my head on the platform and <laughs> fell in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> or like somebody just got gusting up on the wind and then a guy grabs him and immediately throws him off a cliff. Like, Always good. Like that. Super funny. Always good. But it's, yeah, it's just wild when you can just immediately clip Mario 64. Yeah. And throw it online. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I actually have 69 stars right now. Yeah, you do! <laughs> nice. Didn't do that on purpose. I was just trying to beat the game and I was like, oh, oh shit, it's time. Because like you said, 40 minutes till we start the podcast. Yeah. And I played Mario for about 35 and then went, oh, fuck. Oh, well. <laughs> like, I com- got so completely absorbed, I, like, literally forgot what time it was. So you're doing all 120? Hell no. Oh, okay. This game's got... Hell no. Game's got a lot of content. A surprising amount of content, but yeah. also, like, the 100 star stuff starts to get a little annoying. <laughs> so I think being able to skip the ones that you're like, eh, no. Right, right, right. Like, because, oh, uh, I kind of want to do the hundred percent at some point because I've yeah. never I've never made it. There. I definitely did as a kid, so I don't feel bad about skipping it now. But one of the ones I tried to go for a hundred coins, and then I ended up with ninety six, and I just went over the whole thing like three times, and there were no more coins. And I was just like, "Well, <laughs> cool." Because <laughs> yeah. that's the other funny thing is that like there, 
the levels are very deliberately designed to only have about 100 coins in them. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, yeah. I will say, what's with that second ice level? It kind of sucks. Yeah, that's kind of one of, like, because they basically have, like, eight themes, and then they kind of repeat them in the back half, and the ice one is kind of... The ice one is, the. it's so weird because the first one is, like, almost the mo I mean, those first four are, like, kind of the iconic levels. Like, I'm obviously not going to say it's more important than, like, Bobon Battlefield or the Thwomp Tower one. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's got the slide, it's got the penguins, it's this big open mountain, you start at the top, and lots of ways to explore. Yeah. Like, the first ice level is, like, one of the best. Yeah, it's really good. And then the second one sucks. Yeah. It's, it's just kind of funny. Yeah. It feels like that that, that, that one kind of suffered from, near yeah. the end of the game, we're kind of, we're on autopilot at this point. Like, the big beats have I, already been made. I, see, I, I still like a lot of the back half stuff, like Tiny... Uh, yeah, tiny hug, yeah, tiny, tiny hug island, tiny hug island. It's, I love TikTok. Claw. Like that's such a fun concept. Yeah, being big and or being small. And like TikTok yeah. clock is interesting because they were going for something really vertical. Like that's a ballsy decision when you are just kind of developing three yeah, D your your three D engine and just like, yeah. all right, can we do? Because this was that was like something they wanted to do with the original Doki Doki Panic. Is it was supposed to be a hundred percent vertical, but they couldn't make it work in a way that felt mm -hmm. good and making levels for it wasn't fun. So that's why Doki Doki Panic is a mix of the two. So being able yeah. to do TikTok clock in full three D and like doing an entire vertically uh, aligned level like that at the time is really, really cool. That one is so weird because I go in there and there's fog and I'm like, oh, game didn't have issues with draw distance the whole time and all of a sudden like you can barely see like yeah. five feet in front of you. Yeah. Kind of weird. It's like Demon Souls. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Step to the fog gate. Also, that one, that's a motherfucker because that, that one's all platforming. Oh, yeah. is 100% platforming 100% of the time. Which, again, the, the is kind of my least favorite. The so fucking cool. Yes. It's also. It's very cool. But, oh, so the Bowser cool. levels. I love yeah, the Bowser it's levels. platforming, but those levels are Those really ones are fine. I think TikTok Clock's just really hard. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I think my favorites are still, like, the big exploration ones like uh, Wet Dry World and yeah. uh, there's the one of the caves... There's a mountain. Um, I love the um, I love the first water level. I love the boo boo castle. Boo castle, castle yeah. yes. So much. Yeah. Uh, Hazy maze cave. I think is Hazy the one. maze cave. Hazy I, maze cave can be a bit of a bitch too. Half an a press. <laughs> what was that, John? Half an a press. I said half an a press. Oh god. Get no, that I cave. legit love that level though because it it's like mm -hmm. it gives you a map on like every little area. Yeah. Because they're so afraid that you're going to get lost. Yeah. But then I actually ended up using the map to find the last coin. Oh, that's cool. You, you go through the little maze that's like has the gas in it. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I need to do a north exit a little bit left of the other exit I already did. And I go there and there's a little bit of like moss on the wall. And I'm like, I think if I back jump, oh, there's a, ho there's a hole up there. So I found it. Like with the help of the map, because mm. the way the camera is positioned, cool. positioned is so that you don't see it until you jump. Right. You, so you have to know to jump right there. I thought that was really cool. Also, I had I had forgotten where you actually got the metal cap. Oh, it's in that. It's in that level. Yeah, yeah. It's so weird though, because it's like the first two are like castle things, and then that one's just in the level. So I get that, and I'm like, what? 
what? <laughs> like, I was legit shocked. I have a fun, a fun anecdote about the metal cap. Uh, back uh, around, back around the time when the N64 first came out, uh, they had them. They had one on display at Blockbuster Video, and we went in there. I was gonna like look to rent a game at some point or some time, and I remember my mom walking up to the kiosk and kind of looking at. She knew what Mario was. She played. She had a Game Boy. Yeah. She played Tetris and stuff. So she's like looking at this, and she's like, "It's 3D now." So she like she she grabs the <laughs> controller, starts playing, and she gets the metal cap and immediately sinks to the bottom of the of of a, of a water level. So, what? going on just as loud as possible in the store <laughs> it just got her so off guard because you immediately fucking plummet <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it was just a fun little moment that was like one of those little dumb anecdotes that stands out <laughs> thought it was really, it's really cool it's thought it was really cute <laughs> so yeah i wanted to revisit this one first before i just jump into galaxy Whoa, no, 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 you can't just jump the galaxy, Brett. You gotta play the good. Uh, the one everybody keeps telling me is so good. <laughs> Does Nintendo know how we feel about Sunshine, just the general public? I have to, right? Because, like, you know you fucked up when everything I've ever heard about Sunshine is that... Well, the levels where you don't have flood are good. So, like, yeah. the levels that are the best are the ones where you don't have the core mechanic of the game. Right, right. Yeah. Oops. Yeah, we, we fucked up. Oops. Oops. Flood isn't fun, like, at all. Even now, I'm, like, I'm watching people stream it, and it's just like... And if people oh, are just now. struggling with controls... I mean, part of that is because it's significantly different from the GameCube controller. Right. Because the GameCube controller had the pressure-sensitive triggers. Right. So that's just on two buttons now. Oh, right. So, like, there's one button for spray and one for hold and spray or something like that. I haven't played uh, since I don't like that at all. Yeah, so I, I'm not going to begrudge people f fucking with the controls because it's... I think, I think something that was inverted in the original is also non-inverted now, and you can't change it back. Oh, God. Like, I think about that. Like, how do you do Galaxy? How do you pick up star bits in Galaxy? Uh, the controllers have gyro. Uh, huh. Because I'm thinking, like, still, okay, if you're if you're in handheld around. mode, do you just like move the fucking system around, or probably it? Or actually, in handheld, it's all there's also the touch screen. Uh huh. God, that would be Which, bad too. Just like uh, having to take your hand off and like rub I the know, screen. Hey, y you know what? This is why they didn't port Galaxy Two. Probably. Like Galaxy 2 not... requires a lot more of that. Exactly. It's Everyone's like, oh, Nintendo's so lazy. It's like, guys, Yoshi literally wouldn't work. Yeah, without... like, it would be too much. Yeah, like, I understand why they had to nix it, because it just wouldn't be comfortable to play. Mm. Yeah, I was, cause I was thinking, I was thinking about that, how, how I would... Matters. I was thinking about how I would play that, because, like... I have a friend that's got a Switch, and I was watching them play it. And I've got a dock in case I ever want to use a Switch. So, um, but it was just I was just sitting there thinking, like, how in the world? How are you playing Mario Galaxy handheld? But when it requires like, 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 because it's got those fucking gyro levels where you've got to hold the controller straight up and move the ball, right? Those are in one, aren't they? I I'll find out yeah. eventually. But I just remember two has way more because of Yoshi and stuff like that, right? I mean, they found a way somehow. 
but I think I think two would have just been too annoying for. Her. Yeah, like Yoshi does oh, not work with that at yeah. all. Yeah. I do like the idea the idea of spinning by just pressing Y though. That sounds great. Oh, thank God they did that. I was for, forgot that you had to fucking waggle waggle to spin. Yeah. Mario 64 is hilarious because it's like this is a game that has always been about jumping on enemies. Yeah. And one of the first tutorial prompts is just press X to punch. To punch. Yeah. Like Mario just fucking punches in that game. <laughs> and kicks. Yeah. Punch kick. He has a fucking combo. He has a combo. So in other games, it's just a little more gentle. Like, oh, he throws the hat or he spins. Like, yeah. He's not fucking just punching. And his fist gets really big, too, so you can see where the hitbox is. It's really good. Like, it's it's one of those early tricks of uh, 3D animation that makes it work. And it gives yeah. that game character. Yeah. But just conceptually, the fact that they were like, listen, the pr- platforming is not precision enough to have you jumping on every single damn Goomba. No. Just let him punch them. Yeah, just, just let him punch them. Yeah. And you got enemies like the bully where you're just wailing on him to yes! push him into the lava. Yeah! <laughs> bully the bullies, baby. It's literally what it's called. Yeah, it is! It's so good. So, uh... God, Zach mentions the blue coins in Sunshine. Oh. And, like, I played a little bit of that, and the, the camera and the flood stuff didn't actually bother me so much, but, like, the blue coin stuff and whatnot. The blue so coin stuff is so esoteric! It, the blue coin I, stuff is yeah. li- is literally by the strategy guide bullshit. I've seen so much bitching about those because you know the people that are trying to do one hundred percent, even they can't apologize for Sunshine's blue coin bullshit. Yeah, I saw a hilarious thing though. Apparently, some one of the big gaming sites put up a guide video mm-hmm. and covered two hundred and thirty nine of the two hundred forty blue coins oh no so I see somebody posting hey i followed this guide i'm missing which, one which oh, one no. am i missing oh my god that's that's gotta be hell apparently there is a way to narrow it down like you press you go into this menu and press l and it'll show like by area and oh right right whichever one has nine at the end it means because there's always like 30 20 or 10 in an area yeah so they were able to figure it out thank god but oh wow do you imagine if it was just straight up there's 240 and you missed one like fuck fuck this shit i'll probably look at uh sunshine just to see how it feels after playing 64 Get past, get past, gotta get past that intro because that is rough. That's that's probably gonna be my favorite part because just because I can laugh at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, all the flood and third person shooting stuff. Like, how is this Mario? Like somebody going, "Oh, I wish I was cleaning goop up more." Like, what? I want to be platforming. What are you talking about? Yeah, like the biggest the biggest thing I remember when I was watching like when that game was coming out and like the biggest thing I remember was like, Oh hey, there's that one big platform in one of the first the first or second area where it's like it's a big mirror and you're jumping on it and mm-hmm. shooting things off into the distance. I remember seeing that and thinking, Oh hey, the game might be cool and then you buy the mm-hmm. game and I'm like Wow, I just that I've I've never felt more depressed about fifty dollars going oh, right man. out of my pocket. Oh I God, I gotta. I want to hook up my GameCube just to see how far I got. Like, I know I beat it. I don't know if I hundred percent it mm. though. 
Oh that god, that would be nuts if you did. But like, I know, like, I, you were super into GameCube back then, so it would not surprise me if you 100% of that. I'm scared. I think, what if I it think, says 100%? I think we need to know. I think we need to know, Rhett. I think you got. Oh, I think geez. you got. You okay, got, I got a little project for after the podcast. You got a Wii, right? You just hook up the Wii. Hook up the Wii. Put I, your I, put your thingamadooter in there. Put your put your, put your. I think the the. Uh... The memory cards are probably in the GameCube, so it won't matter either way. All right. I've I've both though, so it's not a problem doing it. I'm just lazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big problem. It's a big problem. Uh, so I'll go through this quickly because we talked about Mario longer than I thought. Mm-hmm. I'm mad about the PlayStation Five. What the fuck are they doing with pre-orders? Oh man! Like they promised. Can you fill me in? They well, they promised back in March that like. We're going to have adequate supply. We're not going to spring the pre-order on everybody one day, just out of the blue. We're going to make sure that there is a full plan in place so that when pre-orders are, are live, there will be absolutely no confusion and everybody will be able to get one. Rhett, tell the world what happened. They sprung the pre-orders and nobody got one. I was watching, um, I was watching, uh, Gigaboots. They were doing, they were watching the press conference or the little, the press rollout that they were doing. And there was doubts that they're not going to announce pre-orders right now. They're not, they're not going to say that this thing's available for pre-order. And right at the end of the show, they found out through, through Jeff Keighley, I guess. Because I guess he's Sony's press oh, yeah. arm now. Because apparently he had a better show than Sony did on yeah. his Twitter feed. Yeah, like joke. yeah, like Jeff Keighley for some reason had all of the information, including pre-order information. And so like they're going through and they're looking at Twitter, and it's just like, oh, by the way, they're on. They're they're going to be going up for pre-order at about six o'clock. And it's just like those guys live in Florida, and there was a hurricane, and all their Game Stops were closed. <laughs> And it was real funny watching watching people freak out about not being able to consume the latest fucking hardware. Like, oh my god, you people, calm down. It's plastic. You'll get it at some point. I want it now. So, are you on that? Are you on that uh, train? Are you are you day one PlayStation Five rent? Is that what we're so? Here's the here? thing. I'm mad about the PlayStation Five because I realized I'm mad about the PlayStation Four Pro. Because oh. basically, if a huge part of the, like playing the first party games mm-hmm. is the graphics and yeah. having them look as pretty as possible, yeah, the fact that they introduced better hardware halfway through the cycle right. really, really put a damper on that for me. Understandable. Yeah. Like, it's just this mental thing of going, well, I could be playing this at either a higher frame rate or a higher resolution. But I'm not, cause I'm the second class PlayStation regular owner. Yeah, like I got, like I noticed, like, cause I had played uh, Cyber Dimension Neptunia on two different models, and I oh, noticed wow, really? that when I got, like, when I got my Pro, it was like, oh, this loads in like 30 seconds and is actually a much better frame rate. This is, oh gosh, it's kind of ridiculous that there is actually this big of a difference in one console generation that's basically the same console. I think that game feels like an outlier, honestly. Oh, it probably is. It probably is. Because it's idea factory and they didn't fucking optimize it all or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I remember you telling me that game was a mess on the base PS4. It was bad. I I could not play it on the base PS4. It just felt terrible. Yeah, then you have situations like that where, like, they really only cared about making it playable on one of the platforms. Yeah, yeah. Like... 
So, like, basically, I haven't really played any of the big exclusives for, like, two years. Yeah. Because as Aww. soon as the PS5 became, like, an inevitability, I was like, oh, I'll just play them when I get a PlayStation 5 at launch. Right. And, like, the so I haven't played Spider-Man. I haven't played God of War. I'm, like, way... I'm, like... W- several years behind mm-hmm. the one time i broke was for final fantasy 4 because i was or final fantasy 7 right yeah and that's... I was like that's this one's too important not to yeah. play right at launch yeah and and to their credit they did a great job on the base playstation 4 oh yeah like yeah. it was fun mm-hmm. but like in general like I, i've just been kind of twiddling my thumbs in it and a lot of vr stuff as well where, where it's like i'm sure this vr stuff will get a big boost on the playstation on the playstation 5 mm-hmm. And then, so, them fucking up pre-orders is one thing. And then them announcing Spider-Man Remastered is another thing. And just how, oh, paid upgrade, fuck you, $70 games. What do you make of games like the new Horizon actually being cross-platform? Because, yeah. like, suddenly, like, the I think that suddenly the value of that game and the value of, your system, that, of that being a system exclusive really kind of plummets when... The, yeah. the entire point of the new hardware is like no loading, like all of like, like you know, ray tracing, all of these big features. Mm-hmm. But obviously that game was developed with PS4 as its lead platform. So it's kind of just like you've got like a Fantasy Star Universe situation where you had mm-hmm. the PS2 version holding every other version back. So it's just like, like, what do you like? What do you make of a situation like that now that they're like more of these games are actually cross-platform than originally kind of. It's thought. definitely weird that they really dropped that and the new Spider-Man being yeah. cross-platform. Like yeah. people are not thrilled about that. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really consider it with Horizon. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not particularly mad about that. Right. They've still got you know what a hundred million of those systems out there yeah like i'm fine like it doesn't like like i have no I horse in this race out over time. yeah yeah like obviously they're gonna i, I think like that I, obviously they still have to continue supporting the ps4 mm-hmm. to some degree because the install base is ridiculous yeah <laughs> i think it's just it's annoying for me because my in my head i was just like oh and then they're gonna announce all those exclusives from the last couple of years and they'll all run 4K 60 f- FPS on the new hardware. Right. Free patches for everybody. No. And the first thing, and the first thing they do is go Spider Man 70 bucks. Because the remaster only comes with only comes Miles with Morales. yep. You can't $70. get it dollars. The fact that you can't get that separately is ridiculous to me. I'm sure after March 31st, 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo will start selling Mario's piecemeal, and actually, they probably won't. Yeah, they're crazy. They're... I'm sure at some point they will sell mm-hmm. piecemeal. Yeah, but right now, just yeah, seventy dollar games in general and a five hundred dollar console. It's maybe be like, ugh, I waited all this time. Is that how much it is? It's a five hundred dollar oh, console. God. Controllers are going to be like eighty bucks. Like I, I man, just for me, it's just like when you start talking those numbers, I'm just. If I need yeah. if I need new hardware, I'm just building a new PC. I can run this thing to my to my fucking TV and still play it in the same comfort as I would yeah. a console. So it is not a fucking issue. The one thing I saw people like legit get mad about is that a PlayStation Five game you have to use the new controller on. Oh, this I, is yeah, this is real stupid. Which I understood, but then it's like, well, wait a minute, Horizon Two is cross platform. So you're able to play a version of it with the PS4 controller, but you're still saying you can't use that controller on the PS5. 
that's kind of weird. Yeah. It's because those controllers are going to be real expensive. Oh apparently. yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't want. They don't like, want the you. fucking yeah. pro controller for Switch is already like seventy bucks. Yeah, it's it's like that. That like the console stuff is just getting too ridiculous for for yeah. like I can't see paying that kind of money and locking yourself into this monolithic like company with like their limited mm. store their limited policies very actively limiting who gets what exposure what can be released on their console I can't mm. see tying myself to that shit anymore I just don't get the point if I miss out on some good exclusive I think I'm still oh. in a better decision I'm still I still think I'm in a better position mm. Um, then. I mean, what if, okay, Polly, what if Cold Steel wasn't coming to PC? That would be a problem, but I do have friends that have consoles oh, that see. I could probably borrow. You, okay, what if you can't bum off local friends? Then, I, then I'm <laughs> just saying. Then I'm going, then I'm going to go talk to my friend in New Hampshire and say, listen, I'll give you $300 to let me borrow your console for a few weeks. You'd let, that makes no sense it, that you just bought. <laughs> just buy the console at that point. <laughs> I mean, my my thing is that I bought a PS4 like two or three years after the console generation started. Mm-hmm. I bought a Switch like at least a year after that generation yeah. started. Right. I'm just going to be like, hey, maybe in three years this will be cheaper and there'll be like... I know. Early adopters... Good games that I really like. Early adopters always get yeah. fucked, but it feels like a little more egregious this time. Just because... Because there was mm-hmm. that whole thing with uh, Control Ultimate Edition being a paid upgrade oh yeah how if you had the original game you couldn't uh get the new ps5 edition Mm. unless you bought the whole game again yep so sony saw that backlash and went us too us too yeah like it's just i don't know it's frustrating to for some dumb reason i thought they were going to do the right thing and they absolutely didn't do the right thing because pr doesn't matter anymore no like well they've realized that you're dealing with an audience of people that all you got to do is show them another flashy thing and then they will forget about the dumb horrible evil things that you did like at yeah. Ubi- like at ubisoft like oh God, who ubisoft. fucking cares about the abuse allegations and shit that went on at ubisoft or that michelle ansel left the company because some real weird shit popped up about him but you know mm. ubisoft is like hey everybody guess what here's Here's like a big precedent of a bunch of new games, and oops, we forgot to put our apology at the part at the first part of it. Oops, oops, conveniently just forgot, guys. Sorry, it was a big accident. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like yeah. plus none of us are that invested. None of us are. That I feel like I was. I wanted to be releases. that invested. Yeah, in Rhett, the PS5 at Rhett, launch. I think that Rhett still wants to be invested. I think that like if the opportunity arises, like he's going to have a PS5 opening week if he's able to. Like I, I and I'm not like it's not me throwing shade or anything. Yeah. I, I know that you want to kind of go ahead and buy in on this, and I know your reasons for yeah. wanting to do so. It's fine. That's totally cool. So it's frustrating when they have they've done almost everything to make me disinterested. Yeah. Yeah. Because then it's like, yeah, like John said, like there's not really much at launch. Like, oh, Demon Souls again. Mm. <laughs> like that's the big launch game is a remake Demon Souls, of but it Demon looks, Souls. But it looks, but it looks busted. Instead, of, it doesn't look like Demon Souls. It 
It's got ray tracing. It's got, like, I think that, like, this is, like, the, hey, guess what? The mainstream's gonna really dig into Demon's Souls because now it looks more in line with, it looks less jank. It looks like they kind of, it looks like they kind of sucked all the character out of it. So now it looks less jank. It looks big budget. You're gonna get a lot more eyes on it now. Like, I think that that, like, I think that thing's, that thing's gonna do gangbusters, honestly. Oh, for sure. I mean, Souls is a known quantity now. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna, they've got what, and Demon well, Souls and a bunch of magic, I think. Yeah. I think a bunch of the magic of the original game is still going to yeah. come through. Just absolutely, like, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm like, glad I've played the original game. It's just like when you look at the proposition of buying a new console and a seventy dollar game, and like for a remake is kind yeah, of insane. I <laughs> like I winced enough buying the new Mario pack. Yeah, like that was sixty dollars. Mm. That's not five hundred and seventy four <laughs> PS Five and Demon Souls. Mm. Yeah, that's crazy talk. Yeah. It's like, oh, am I really going to spend $70 on a new Ratchet and Clank? I mean, it's, it's got some cool-looking shit. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> it looks cool, but again, games are... There's something mental about this $70 that has really pissed me off, actually. Yeah, like, <laughs> I like, don't... No, like, no, that's, it's enough. I'm absolutely not paying $70 for a video game. I begrudge $60 enough. Yeah, I'm not a paying A whole bunch 70. of my recent games I got at Walmart just because they usually sell them for 50 yeah, like if 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 there's a game that's coming out that I really want day one, even if it's seventy, I'm not. Nope, I can't. I'm not yeah. gonna. I'm not gonna break that principle. I can't do it. Like I will buy it, like when it first goes on sale. <laughs> yeah. So um, I just feel I just feel have so little urgency. Oh, definitely. For for any of it, so I'm just. It's like, so yeah, stupid because I look at my backlog and go, "Oh, I've got that. hundreds of games to play." But there's something about the new shiny. You want the new shiny? shiny? Okay, I am done for this episode. All right. John, got anything else to help us wind down? I mean, this is a little thing, but uh, yesterday um, I went, I played, I bought the Castlevania collection, and then One Life Cleared, Castlevania 1 for the first time, and then One Life Cleared, Castlevania Adventure for the first time. Oh, nice! Is that the one that they yeah. just put out on GOG, or is it the one that came out, like, last year with the Contra? It was the one that yeah. came out last year. Okay, yeah. The one, uh, the one on GOG like is great... weird, because it's not all those games. It's just it's Contra and Castlevania, but it's only, like, Contra and I, Super C for... I like, looked. I don't know why. I looked. Like I have this original boxed version on DOS. I have this. I looked at this. I thought <gasps> I thought that this looked familiar as fuck. Oh my god! Because they sold this at Walmart for like ten bucks back in like nineteen ninety eight, and because I remembered buying it, and I, was, and I was like, I know that I've seen this collection somewhere. This did not just come out of fucking nowhere. So I went. Oh, okay, that the, is. I went looking through storage and I was like, son of a bitch, I have Are that. You, will you please post a photo? That's sure, amazing. Sure. Because I was like. Why in the world did they just port those when they literally just did other ports of those same games last year? Yeah, like, I don't know. This explains everything. Yeah, it, it, it's, because, it's just like, a weird GOG thing, I guess. GOG, GOG is because people are realizing like those ports of Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2 are yeah. just actual old 90s Yeah, like those original those PC games. ports were kind of bad. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think they're realizing like, also these are actual bad ports that don't control or I think issues. they fixed I think that they at least did some 
so, some stuff on the back end to try and fix the controller mm-hmm. issues to make it work with modern controllers. Yeah. I think that that's about the only thing they fix. But people trying to play Metal Gear Solid with a keyboard and mouse, what are you uh. thinking? <laughs> that's not what these games were ever made for anyway, and there's no reason yeah. that they would ever make that concession. So, yeah, the realization, though, is that they did not put work into... The, I mean, I'm sure GOG put work into these sports. Konami did not. Oh, no. Just, they just licensed out what already existed. Yeah. I think, And I think that's important. Yep. But I had no idea that the Contra and Metal Gear... Castlevania Contra, Contra Castlevania collection thing. is actually an old yeah. thing that's really funny. Like, it's just a thing. Because, like, when I saw that, I was like, I know. I have that, don't I? All right, John, we were sorry to well, interrupt okay, sorry, you. Sorry, sorry, like, for the record, no problem. For the record, that collection does not have Castlevania Adventures, so it's basically no. busted. Yeah. It's... Uh, what's even the fucking point? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have a friend uh, I go back and forth on talking about Castlevania and challenge runs, Durante, and they finished their first challenge run. They did a 1cc of Rondo of Blood, and then I was like, oh, that's so nice, and I complimented them a bunch, and then I was like, I've never done a challenge. Maybe I can kind of show this friend up a little bit. <laughs> Bought this collection. I spent the day. Um, I beat I beat Castlevania One. I'd never done a challenge run. Mm-hmm. I sat down to play Castlevania One, and then I beat it in one credit on my first try. Very and then nice. I no missed it on my second try. Yeah. Jeez. And I was like, okay, I knew this game a lot better than I thought. Yeah. I pretty much got this one down. Get the holy water like, from stage stages four through six are a breeze. I want to. Oh yeah, I don't think I've died on stage five in my last like ten playthroughs or something. It's yeah. just I, I can beat death, and then I've just got the patterns for that all the enemies just down. Yeah. Um, for stage four, I, I had never processed how to stun lock the stage four boss with holy water, and mm-hmm. I just dropped a save there on my first run through, um, so I could go back to it after I finished, and then I dropped it bottom a couple times, and then. Oh, okay. Here's how you stun lock them. Yeah, it's just like one holy water, whip, whip. One holy water, whip, whip, whip. One holy yeah, water, whip. Yeah, you gotta whip to keep Igor. Yeah. Otherwise, it's otherwise it's two entity fight. Yeah, that's um, how you that's how you do Medusa too. Is you like you drop one holy water, do two oh. whips. Drop a holy water, do two whips. It's it's very straightforward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I love that Castlevania one to bets. That's one of my favorite action games. It's a good game. Yeah. It's just. Just rock solid pacing. It's mm-hmm. a very thought out, cool setting. Um, it's got clumsy moments, but it's a NES. It's a nineteen eighty six NES game, right? That's another um, game with heavy, deliberate movement. Oh yeah, so exactly. even significantly more like, than oh. the others I mentioned. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. You fall off a fuck. Um, you fall off a platform. It's just boom. <laughs> you practically, <laughs> you practically flash to the bottom of the screen. You barely yeah. see a fall. You jump and can't uh, move in the air. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think CV1 is my favorite Castlevania mm-hmm. game still. I think that's where I'm at. Um, I just love it to bits. It's got everything that I love about Castlevania, and it's just in a very fine-tuned package. Mm. Um, and and then, of course, I went to the logical next step <laughs> um, for someone wanting to deep di- deep dive Castlevania. I went to Castlevania Adventure. Um mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this straight up <laughs> here, um, but I got like deep into Castlevania Adventure for like a week right after my parents yep. stepped up. Yep, I remember. Oh, we remember so that was, that was like... a big Castlevania binge for a long time. Yeah, and it started with CV Adventure, and that yeah. was what got me. That and so I, I'm always going to associate CV Adventure with like 
being a very comforting blanket mm-hmm. in a tough time. Mm-hmm. Um, that game was a little harder to, to no miss than CV1. It took me like six tries. Do you um, think it's because it's a harder game or just you weren't as familiar with it? Oh, I'm very familiar yeah. with it. Um, it's because, C- unlike CV1, CV Adventure has mercilessly strict jumps. Oh, yeah. That oh, are right. very close to pixel perfect. Yep. And it wants you to make them quickly. Um, and it's just got like, I don't know, like 10. Well, it's got it's got a handful, a lot of jumps like that. Uh, and every single run I lost, I, I lost because I just missed a jump and then plummeted to my death. <laughs> and it was just extremely precise. God, that's like a thing um, for Konami Game Boy games at the time. Because I remember one in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Fall of the Foot Clan that had a jump like that. Um, and I know that Operation C has one at, in the jungle at the top of the waterfall when you get up near the... when you, After you go through the vertical area, there's like a one... Oh in, my god, I can picture that. Yeah, it's a oh. pixel-perfect jump, and it's literally one... You got one frame to hit it. And isn't that the one where if you wait for like 30, 40 seconds, a little platform pops up over it? What? Was, wasn't that like a video that got passed around like earlier this year and people were like, I never knew about this. What? I'm going to have to look that, at this. It, it, I'm going to have to check that, this out. That, if that's Because I thought that was really funny. There's um, just one developer that couldn't make that jump, so they just program that in as an Easter egg. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Pulling out my Game Boy after this show. Uh, CV <laughs> CV Adventure is very strict. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can, if you can get past that, um, I think it there's there's a lot to offer mm-hmm. um, because it's stages. Stage three is like s- this six minute trial from hell <laughs> where. First, the ceiling is constantly almost falling on you and you're racing it. Then the floor is rising up with spikes and you're constantly raising it. And then the walls coming for the right and you're constantly racing it. It's just like the six minutes of straight, nonstop tension. Yeah. Where you're just chugging along and you're trying to go as quickly as possible and make these tight jumps, these very tight jumps, and just get this choreography down. Um... And, and I like it. I like. I think it's got a nice little flow to it. Mm. Um, I like a lot of the set pieces in Stage 4. I like a lot of set pieces in Stage 1 and 2. There's a bridge in Stage 2 I think is extremely cool where you're, um, you're whipping eyeball enemies, but if you hit the enemy in front of you, it blows up and it destroys the portion of the level under it. So All right. Like jump to make. Mm. But if you destroy an eyeball and it breaks yeah. the bridge, then any eyeball behind it will roll and not hit you because it goes off the bridge. I can't it's remember. A set piece. I can't remember if the Adventure Rebirth kept that little set piece or not. It well, kept very little from it. Oh no! Yeah, like the yeah, Adventure it, it Rebirth. Didn't have any of the music? Yeah, the the Adventure Rebirth is an interesting thing, at least. God, it's not. It's not. Um, for fans of adventure. No, no. It's like they're it's trying to reim- fans. They tried to reimagine it in a way that basically took away all the teeth. They took away all the teeth and all of the things that made it kind of a special yeah. Castlevania game. Yeah. Like there's no sub weapons. That's interesting. That's a weird um, choice. Oh, well, it's cool cuz everything in the game is built around your whip. Yeah. <laughs> um so it, it it's not like a battle mission and it, it's sort of nice because you're playing Castlevania Adventure after playing Castlevania 1 it's like oh every candle I hit 
whatever I get, it's going to be something good. I don't have to worry yeah. about um, yeah. my cross or my holy water. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I, I like that game enough to um, to beat it in one life. So I think it's yeah. I think there's probably something special about That's it. That's good. Um, um, I have not return. I have not given like CV three or the 16-bit ones the same attention. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I've been playing a bunch of Bloodlines. I play a bunch of Bloodlines this morning. Bloodlines is real good! It's real good. Um, it's, a, it's considerably snappier. Um, so I, I bought the collection because I tried playing um, Castlevania 1 on an emulator on my new computer, mm-hmm. and the scrolling was just hitching. Huh. I was like, is this a, is this a Windows 10 thing? Because I tried playing Castlevania Chronicles on the same machine. What an emulator. Kept hitching. What emulator? FCEU. Weird. I don't have any issues with that or um or Bizhawk. I know. I mean, I can't imagine I'm NES bo- emulation being remotely taxing exactly. at this point. It's been like twenty so I don't, years. I'm fucking around with the settings. Yeah. Um, and in both this game and so maybe it's just something with my new laptop. I just need to figure out because that shouldn't be happening. That, that should not be happening. No, not at all. It just it just kills it. I can't I can't play it like that. No. Um. So I bought the collection for that and it ran completely smoothly. Nice. Um, and then I played Castlevania Adventure, and it's this tiny Game Boy game blown up to a giant screen, <laughs> and, it, and it's already a Game Boy game that runs like sub twenty frames per second. Yeah. And like it starts to chug like the second there's more than two sprites on the screen. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> and so, so it's just like, I was just like watching it, like, okay, this isn't emulation error. Mm. This is just. The Castlevania Adventure experience. God. And I just kind of ate it. It was like, all right. The camera is just like, it just feels like it's agonizing and trying to push along as your character just like slogs through slime. It's got, well, it's got very early Game Boy energy. It's got some early Game Boy energy. It's tasty. Very Saga 1. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's delectable. Um, so that's another, and then see, you go to Belmont's Revenge, and it's got a bunch of the same things, except it just runs silky smooth. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, so, yeah, I love Belmont's Revenge. I think that's a very solid one, too. Definitely a worthy follow-up to the excellence of Castlevania Adventure. Mm. Um, Mm. so, yeah, I really love Castlevania a lot. Cool. And... Yeah, I don't know if I'll keep up with that or if I'll go back to one of my many other media. Yeah, yeah. Topics, <laughs> you've got a you've got a wealth of things that you can enjoy now that are all kind of open books at this point. So, yeah, just keep them keep them going. Yeah, and that's yeah. it for me. Are those Castlevania Rebirth and uh, Contra Rebirth? Are those just unavailable right now? Since yeah, we shop shut down. They're done. They're gone. I have I them. I have them downloaded on my Wii, and I also have uh, ROMs of them that play. Yeah, in, uh... I mean, yeah. I guess yes. Yeah. Piracy saves yeah. everything, but yeah. like, I just wonder uh, when those will get re-released. I... Like a nostalgia collection. People or thought the... people thought that when the, the 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 Contra and Castlevania collections were coming out last year, that they would save those with that collection. God. But apparently, they just mm-hmm. they either couldn't get the rights mm-hmm. or didn't care. Um. Because they weren't developed internally by Konami, they were by M2. Uh, they were done by a company called M2. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And... It's interesting to me when, like, everything that's, like, the original origins of a series gets backed up and, like, preserved and worshipped over. Yeah. But, like, how 
Nintendo just re-released Mario 64, and people are like, why not Mario 64 DS? Yeah. Because Nintendo, Nintendo probably doesn't give a shit about they that They don't one. give a shit, yeah. So it's just weird, like, when stuff just kind of gets shuffled aside. Awesome. Yeah, that's also true. Jetstorm 4 points this out, is that M2 also did those collections for Konami. Oh, God. So the fact that the Rebirth oh, games weird. are not on them is really anybody, fucking weird. If anybody was going to care to throw them on. That's real fucking weird. I wonder oh, if there's some weird... I wonder if there's some weird Nintendo bullshit where... If it was published on that platform, they can't take it somewhere for some dumb reason or bullshit like that. I would hope not. I w- yeah, but it's just like, why would those not? That's so weird. That that the fact that they did those collections as well is a whole another dimension to that story. That's really weird. Yeah, like that. Um, that's real. This extra tragic. How's the supplemental stuff on that collection? Because the contra supplemental stuff is incredible. Like, they've got, like, uh, design documents from, like, 1988 that show how, like, they gridded out all of the levels on graph paper first while while programming them in and stuff. And, like, it's got a lot of uh, really passionate interviews with series creator and director and stuff. Mm -hmm. And how's that stuff um, fare on the Castlevania collection? I haven't... I thought that was going to be the answer. Bad podcaster. Yep, sorry. I was just busy, busy playing the games. Okay. Yeah, that stuff was really, really good on the Contra collection. At least, like, like the even if like the emulation doesn't live up to what a lot of people, even if the emulation doesn't live up to what a lot of people want on those games, um, like, like I still think that they put in the amount of work that they could, and I think that there's a, a legitimate passion behind those projects to try and do the best with what they could. Or else that 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 fucking information wouldn't be on there. Like these would just be like, here's some fucking ROMs, and here's like a start menu. Go. Like at least they're <laughs> oh, like the Mario thing. Like the Mario thing, exactly. <laughs> like this is like the, the Contra collection. At least I can confirm. Like has a lot of really cool supplemental shit yeah. from every game and it from, from design document shit from every single game so it's it's pretty good shit cool yeah so i would i would hope that the castlevania one got as much care i yeah, i feel I confident I'll saying that it probably did because they came out like right yeah. next to each other yeah they also put out uh, a symphony of the night slash rondo of blood collection a little bit before that yep, too. There's a bunch of. I want to play Mega Man games. I want to play Contra games. I want to play Castlevania mm-hmm. games. And there's a lot of collections for those. Yep, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, because I'm just interested in doing challenge runs. Finally, I just mm-hmm. wasn't for a long time. Nice. Um, and now I'm like, yeah, I want to try to beat Mega Man One. I want to try to do X Y Z. Mega Man One I, without I, doing the pause trick. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, of course. Do it. I mean, I, I've made. I can beat the Yellow Devil without, without the Yeah, like you, you I beat, not that hard. Yeah. It's not that hard. I made a I made a a final a video game boss based on that. Based on that, right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure you'd be fine. If I st- if I can steal something from a game then I could beat it legit. Yeah. Um <laughs> Cool. So that's that was it for me. Cool, cool. So I guess I've got one more thing got, real quick, I promise. I guess Red has one more thing. <laughs> Symphogear XD, the mobile game in Japan, is doing another one of them crossovers. <laughs> okay. With Tails. You know, you everybody loves the Tails RPGs. R- right. They're doing it with have, specifically 
Tales of Symphonia. <laughs> a 17-year-old GameCube game. <laughs> it's because it's called Symphonia. So, so in Japan, <laughs> trails or Tales of Symphogear started trending. Oh shit! The Contra and Castlevania collections are six seventy nine a pop on Steam right now. By the way. Oh nice. Oh, that's tasty. Did you ever grab the Castlevania? Yeah, I mine no, not yet. I'm gonna remedy oh, that. Mind about to change that? <laughs> yeah, might have to remedy that. Apparently, one of the writers for Tales of Symphonia also worked on season four of Symphogear. Well, there you go. So she started tweeting about the collab. It's just very weird that they actually decided to make this hyper niche thing real. That's and like the car- character combos make no sense. Where it's like Subasa as Lloyd, what, and Maria as Colette. What? <laughs> yeah, it's so dumb. Whoa. man, shit's weird. What is so that, that the closest thing to a Tails and Wild Arms crossover then? I guess. Probably. Good lord. Alright, is that a podcast? That's a podcast. Alright, everybody, as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming out. We always appreciate it. Thank you, of course, for the subs, resubs, bits, all that fun stuff. Uh, of course. Always appreciate it as well. John Thire. John, John, John Thier, Dirtbag Monster Boy. <laughs> what are we going to do with you? What are we going to do with you? forget about my Monster Boy status for three hours. <laughs> yeah, d- hey, you know, what are, what are friends for, right? Aww. I'll be sure to remind you again once we once we press the stop streaming button. Don't worry. Excellent. Where can the internet people find you? Uh, farawaytimes.itch.io I still think you need to register dirtbagmonsterboy.com. <laughs> I am trying to purchase the Contra collection and I can't. What? I don't know my password. No! <laughs> oh. Dang it. On this machine. And it's not safe for some reason. It's Dirtbag Baby Boy, but like all the A's are at symbols and the I's are exclamation <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it, Douchebag Baby Boy and Dirtbag Monster Boy. I forgot, I forgot oh, about right. Dirtbag Baby Boy. He's got a lot of names. <laughs> He's got, I like that they all follow the same convention. Yeah. Got a good rhythm. Okay, yeah. <laughs> your, brand, your brand's getting lots of new elements, John. It's working out for you. He's he's trying to go there back you know. to magical girls, and it's just not working. No, people aren't. It's not sticking no. for some reason. <laughs> Let's get back to the classics. John loves Princess Tutu and Metroid Other Oh, oh no! And, and, and Polly is God. And I'm God. Rats internet Where's twitter.com slash rat for lots of pictures of Hibiki still he doesn't run out there's Polly I have been astounded at how fucking deep the Symphogear on Twitter like how much fan art there is there's so much that I don't retweet that's it's it's gotten to the point where there's so much that even I'm like okay guys it's enough. <laughs> like they've exhausted me. God damn, that's meanwhile, saying will, something. Meanwhile, once a month, I um. Meanwhile, once a month, I look up "tangled the series" hashtag, and I'm just like, "There's not enough here." Mm. Mm. Come on. Dang. Continue. All right, folks. We will catch you this coming Friday for the folks that want to listen. Uh, Jetstorm, myself. Raven and Sayara will be doing 
the next of our Higurashi spoiler slash speculation casts, uh, because by the time we jump into Mina Goroshi, all the, the everything's on the table. So there's yeah. no there's no point in having a speculation cast after that one. Uh, yeah. So so we're gonna get we're gonna discuss uh, Mayakashi and Sumihodomoshi at length. We're going to get final predictions. Uh, which that's uh, those are always the best part. The, the theories yeah. and the final predictions are, are the best. Uh, I'm so excited for this. So, it's such a, I realized so much how much I loved he actually listening to the last one because mm. I wasn't watching your read through yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, it's been fun. Uh, so it's gonna be fun. We're gonna be doing that, and then we'll be starting Mina Goroshi on October 5th. So that'll be fun. But anyway, uh, remember. We are the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you.